Yo, what's up, guys? How's it going? Hope you're having a very, very good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you're coming from. We're back with another episode of the Group Up podcast, and my beautifully assembled cast is ready and raring to go for the great January debate. It has been a new year. Time for us to chat again, fellas. So let's get right into introductions, and we'll get right into it. In the bottom right is my man, Samido. Samido, what's up? What is going on? Happy January. Happy New Year. Bengals about to go to the chip. It's been a good couple of weeks, you know? That was a very <laughs> sweet game. Just hey, that's a big game you got coming up this week. So I, I just... know, I'm excited. I'm excited. Respect to the Chiefs kingdom, but it'll be a fun one. Me and Avril just nodding along, pretending that we know what they're talking yep. about in the bottom left. <laughs> yeah. American with... sports pool. Yep. Sure. Yep. Yes. <laughs> gaming, real up. gaming with a beautiful background. I might add Avril. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the supplying. I, like I said, I do take, uh, Submissions, yeah, do take requests like the local DJ. Exactly. Let me know what you want. Only bangers. Uh, it's been kind of boring for me. I'm just kind of waiting for the season to start, whenever that is. We got some World Cup news that came through uh, recently, which was kind of cool. So I wonder who's been yes. applying for all the committee stuff. That'll be really interesting once it comes through. Yeah, actually, that's something I actually completely forgot that those applications are now open. So if you're listening and you want to apply for your World Cup, go, go, go. Let's see. Are you going to apply to anything, Avril? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and cast it. So I don't think I can well, oh, if I you apply. Can't, I can't, can't do both. So oh. I'm not going to apply. No, I'm going to do the same thing I did in 2019, which is not apply on the basis that I'm probably going to cast it, but then not get to cast it and then lose out on both. <laughs> so hopefully that happens again. That's what I'm planning on having again. I feel like... This is a slight tangent, but I feel like you should be allowed to to cast it and still be biased as heck. Just just you know, be representing and still be casting. <laughs> we had the infamous Monty Cristo. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, isn't that off, what Monty did for like years? Tear off the South Korea jersey underneath, you know, all that yeah. stuff. Iconic. Okay. Iconic. Anyways, in the in Kill the top turn. left, we'll get we'll get to that at some point. But in the top left is my man Flats. Flats, what up? Hello. A polite wave. Okay. <laughs> Let's get right to it, guys. So today we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We've got a new patch. We've had some dev communication. Uh, and, of course, we have the Overwatch World Cup stuff. But first, I want to get right into some big picture stuff. Usually we go into the nitty-gritty of balance and stuff. But I want to go big picture, which is that, fellas, Overwatch is no longer in China. And that's a big fucking deal. Uh, so for those of you who are not familiar with this, uh, basically for any game to operate in China, they have to go through intermediate, intermediaries, local intermediaries. Overwatch had a deal with uh, NetEase, and that has now ceased, ceased and desist. So that no longer exists, means anyone in China can no longer play Blizzard games. So World of Warcraft, Diablo, uh, and notably Overwatch, a huge market now cannot play them anymore. And to top it all off, we've had some Overwatch League teams. Of course, we have three Chinese Overwatch League teams who are all not very happy. Um, four actually. Four. four. Yeah. Sorry, four. Yes, four. Um, so I want to. I want to get. I'm going to talk to Avril about that aspect of it. But first, I want to talk to my resident market expert, Samido. Sam, China down as an entire market. How is this looking for Overwatch? I mean, the thing is with Activision Blizzard right now is is that with this acquisition being continuously like. Uh, not delayed, but with all like the suits coming in, the company's in a really big state of limbo right now. So it's it's sad to see, but it's not surprising in that like they're just in a really tough spot, especially when they're trying to be bought. And usually 
I'm not going to say things like that go faster, but it's just unfortunate timing. I don't think this would be happening if the company wasn't up for sale because I think there'd be a lot more stability. Like, let's be real. Like, I think it's been pretty openly discussed on social media, the instability inside Activision. Ever, even before the suit came out, really, um, in 2021. But uh, obviously, it's a huge deal. China's a massive, massive market. And I believe, Avil, you can correct me if I'm wrong, based on like a lot of the reports that we heard from Overwatch League, like, that was the biggest market, correct, in terms of viewership? Am I wrong oh, on yeah. that? Oh, yeah, viewership, so, I mean, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, it's a big deal. Um, this isn't the first time, though. This is not... This is, obviously this is unique to Activision Blizzard in that like their servers got shut down, they failed to negotiate. But like, if you look at games and what's happening in the industry, like a 10 cent stock or like a lot of other things out there, like China, the Chinese government has said some weird stuff in the past that have made people a bit flaky. Like there was one time, do you remember when they were talking about like limiting like literal screen time hours, like at night for, so like you never really know what's going to go on over there. But this one, I think I'm not entirely sure if it's even on Activision Blizzard. Maybe NetEase was like, no. And, and, with the company kind of in the spot it's in right now, it couldn't really get the answer off. So I feel bad about the situation. It's definitely a very big deal. Um, and it really sucks for the game devs who are out there like doing their best to make a good game. And it, this one is completely out of their hands. So it's just very tragic, but you know, a bit major limbo at Activision right now. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those which isn't, you know, blame Blizzard, blame Overwatch. Well, you can blame Blizzard, but not the Overwatch team, certainly. You could blame yeah. some hierarchy of Blizzard, but not the Overwatch. Like, this is completely out of the hands of Overwatch. And again, before we get to Avril, because I really do want to deep dive with Avril, I want to hear Flats' thoughts. Flats, I mean, uh, the reports have been kind of conflicted, you know, both sides blaming each other, NetEase blaming Blizzard, Blizzard saying NetEase were being unreasonable, uh, and some talks that they are been, there has been talks with another partner, but like, how damaging could this be? Like, is this, is it short term, long term? Like, what do you think is going to happen? I don't like, I, I, I'm actually really surprised how little people talked about it because if you read some of the stuff that NetEase put out, that was the most, like, that is like actively hostile. It's not like, ah, oh, we couldn't come to an agreement. It was like, they were like, fuck you. Like, don't come near us again. Fuck you. And I don't know, like, I honestly didn't look too deep into the topic. Like, Beyond, uh, I think Blizzard was looking at a different company in China to 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 work with, but they had released like a WoW clone, and so they were like, "Nope, like we don't want to work with them now." And then they tried to go back, and NetEase was like, "Nah, fuck you! Like you don't get to come back here now." So to be honest with you, um, I don't have the greatest knowledge in like what exactly has gone down, um, but it's hard not to like kind of speculate from the outside. Is like you see, shutting down all of China is a massive deal. It's the biggest viewership for Overwatch League there. Uh, Overwatch League was massive. Like, that was... I remember, like, most people, when they talked about Overwatch League, is like, you know, they would talk about, like, NA viewership. They'd be like, oh, viewership on Overwatch League is terrible. It's like, yeah, but what you don't realize is over in China, it's actually huge. It's the stuff that we don't really end up seeing. Um, so I wonder how deep this goes, because you can't help but think, you know, like, you see uh, the the lawsuit that the Overwatch League teams are, are filing versus Activision Blizzard... Uh, if you can't even play Overwatch in China, how are you supposed to have teams there? Are they going to have to relocate? Are they going to leave? If they did leave, like, you know, are there other teams that want out and they're like, they can't get out, but like now another team got out. Like, does that trigger something where it's like, if another team's allowed to leave, can they leave too? I don't know. There's a lot of things I think you can kind of speculate, but that's all it is. It's just speculation. It's fun to speculate sometimes though, to be honest, but um, I am interested to hear what, uh, what Avril has to say, because definitely know way more about this than I do. Yeah, Avril, take us away. What what the hell's going on? 
I think there's like it's obviously a complicated situation um and it's really easy to blame Blizzard because that's I think Netties obviously flights you've said Netties have you know they've come out and said some stuff there's been some stuff said the other way it's hard to verify like exactly what is accurate because you know no one's no one here no one publicly has been in those conversations but like both sides have clearly made some accusations against the other side um there was some rumor about like netties wanting ip but then they they denied that i don't know it's it's they it's it's very clearly done there's there's like photos of um oh, i gotta make sure i say this right it's like the I don't think it's a Blizzard office in China. I think it's like the the Netty side because you have to remember Netty's was also doing game dev, uh, partnered with Blizzard as well. Blizzard Immortal was uh, partnered for it was Blizzard and Netty's together on that project. But anyway, a bunch of the the Blizzard Netty stuff is just cleared out. And there's like photos of the offices being emptied out, so it's like dead, dead. Because there was some conversations like, well, could it still be figured out? I'm not pretty sure it can't be. I'm pretty sure it's like completely done. This marriage has gone completely kaput. It is not a very amicable divorce either. It's a very public, you know, bad divorce out there. Um, Sam brought up a great point about the fact that the Microsoft merger is still on the horizon. And the real awkward thing with that is um, I'm pretty sure Microsoft is in bed with Tencent, which is a competitor to NetEase. These are all publishers in China. Uh, and to have your games in China, you have to go through a Chinese publisher by law in China. Um, so... There's speculation that, like, well, I mean, you can kind of put two and two together. It's like, well, it makes more sense that if Blizzard and Microsoft have this kind of acquisition happen and Microsoft's already with Tencent, that should be the partner. That should be the publishing partner that Blizzard ended up going with down the line. Who really knows? But, um, yeah, we're going to end up seeing some damage, uh, unfortunately, because of all of this, because they're even... If Blizzard had a new publishing deal now, right now, with either Tencent, Perfect World, or somebody else that's not NetEase, it would still take several months, uh, many, many months, maybe up to a year, to be able to get all the games re-licensed. And I, I don't know, because I'm I'm no law expert. I don't I don't know like what, um, in terms of re-license, because it's not like they're not doing new games. You're re-licensing the same games. I don't know if that's like an easier um they all then to come through with a new a new game because the difference is ride just came out with valorant in china and, and valorant's already been out for like a few years but it only really got published in china recently uh in some crazy coincidence with the fact that netties and blizzard are kind of falling apart so all the blizzard mm -hmm. games are exiting china and then it just so happens at the same time Valorant has just been approved in China, so it's like, it's very easy Swift, uh, um, uh, a change-up where if you, a player in China, you're like, well, Overwatch is gone, Valorant's a new game, I'm not as much as go there, it's almost like the worst timing possible, um, but even if that didn't happen, and, you know, we wait however many months for Overwatch to come back and all the other Blizzard games coming back, you've lost a bunch of the audience anyway, um, I think there's just, sadly, a, a, a reason why to bad will being brought up through the whole thing nobody in china is happy about it and i think it's going to take some time to repair that i think the games will come back this is not a permanent thing it's a huge market so blizzard are going to want to get that market back asap they don't want to leave this hanging out in the open for too long or as long as they can help 
So it'll get there eventually, but I just worry about how much damage will be done in the meantime. Um, and just quickly about the Overwatch League stuff as well. I mean, the season's still going ahead. There's still going to be 20 teams, so no one's pulled out. All the teams are still there. And um, the Chinese teams are going to have to figure out how they're going to feel the rosters um, and what that means logistically. The, the easiest answer, I don't know that this is absolutely what's happening, but this makes the most sense to me. I wouldn't be surprised if this is what ends up happening, is the Chinese teams either just field Korean teams, which means, and most of them had Korean players anyway, so they just field full Korean teams and all their players are in Korea anyway, or they had to send their Chinese players over to Korea to play from there, and obviously playing on the Korean clients instead of the Chinese clients, which no longer exists, so that would be the answer there. I mean, a very good summary. Very complicated situation, and because you, you, you mentioned like Tencent, for example, being the partner for Microsoft. Tencent own Riot, so... Um, 100% as well. Muddies the waters a little bit because, you know, we're everyone's kind of in bed with their opponents a little bit. To be I fair, wonder... Tencent own like everything. If you actually look at their portfolio, they, they, they Tencent own everybody. Everything in gaming. That's why I, when, when there was all the stuff about the Chinese government saying like they were going to limit screen time, like that's why and a lot of North American investors don't even touch Tencent because of that weird stuff like this that we're seeing today can just happen like this in China. It happened to Roblox's stock too. They're at $80 when it first came out. It's down to like 20 or something. And they're averaging like 40 million daily active users or some ridiculous number, crazy number. And it was all because of the growth in China. So it's, it's, it's not just, to be fair to Activision Blizzard, it's not just them. Like you never know what can happen over there. No, but also Blizzard are not going to be, you know, they're not going to be at all happy with this. I know. Yeah. Or what? Just even outside Overwatch League, I, I know Overwch was a huge like China was a huge market for Overwatch. It was making them a lot of money. So this is like a huge blow. And I wonder if this like again speaks to some some higher level stuff because I don't know if you guys followed, but recently there was this controversy with a I really want to get this right, but I think it was a World of Warcraft dev who resigned. He was like a manager for like a, one of the teams, and oh, I remember this. I he was being that. forced to basically to I ho correct me if I portray any of this wrong, guys. But like he was being forced basically to do this quota where he has to rank his uh, the people he's he's managing, and he has to put certain people on like the bottom bracket to say they perform badly and that affects their wages and everything. So basically, in protest, he said, "I'm not going to do that because a lot of my people have been working really hard. None of them deserve to be put like in his bottom brackets. So I'm not going to meet your like quotas of arbitrarily having people put down low." And he resigned in protest. And this is kind of brought to light that this is like a policy from the top down. This is like Activision are, are saying this. So no. he said, this isn't Blizzard's fault, by the way. Like our our Blizzard, um, our company, like it's changed. He actually went on a lengthy Twitter rant once he was, once he was uh, sacked. He went on a lengthy Twitter rant to say, uh, you know, the, like it was all hunky-dory until Activision comes in. And Activision have their own ways of like doing things. And they're giving us these orders. And I refuse to kind of bow to these orders. Like, I'm happy to come back to Blizzard and work my job, but I, I can't abide by these, like, practices that they're making me do, which I feel are unethical. So I, I want to get Flats' take on this, because it's like, it's starting to, to, you know, people have often simplified the relationship of Overwatch and Activision, said Activision bad, Blizzard good, Jeff Kaplan left because Activision bad. But is this kind of stuff like the NetEase fiasco, this like World of Warcraft fiasco, does it kind of speak to a darker picture of what Activision is doing for, for Overwatch the franchise? So I want to clarify really fast. Um, what you're talking about actually is not that uncommon in, in like a job like sales, right? So 
basically a lot of them, very large companies want to cut the bottom 20% of their sales force if at the end of the year. Basically what that does is it keeps people productive. You always have the best people coming in. Um, and on top of that too, there are some other kind of backhanded parts of that where it's like, you know, like let's say somebody is selling pretty well and then they start falling off after a couple of years, they're still getting good money. You can get rid of them and hire somebody new for a lot cheaper at that point. Um, and so like that cycle is very vicious and very uh, scary. And then it does happen in a lot of corporate America. But for something like game development, I, when I heard about this, I was like, how did, how do you get scaled in game development? Cause in sales, it's very easy. Like how much have you been selling quantity quality and how much make, how much you're making for the company. Right. But in, in game development, it's like, is it like how many tasks you're taking on, how fast you're completing the tasks, how well the tasks are done. Like, it just seems like kind of almost out of touch and it really, it's really admirable to stand up and to, to actually say, no, nah, I'm piecing out. Like, if I have to make the, if I have to lie to you and say, I have to pick 20% of, of my workforce that was not good, even though they believe that everyone was doing well, it's just, you have to pick 20% just to pick 20%. That's bullshit. Like, that's literally what it is. It's bullshit. Like that, that's what they wanted to do. And that's dumb. Like that's, it's, they are trying to implement ways to not only try to like quote maybe motivate people and make more money but like it just it's just it's tone deaf it doesn't make any sense like logically to 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 any of them so i'm i you know what really i don't know to see and i don't know if you saw on twitter but many other game devs um from wow and, and rest parts of blizzard actually like spoke up and like thank you for like doing what you did like that that seriously like means a lot like thank you for taking a stand etc um so you know we've heard for years that activision actually is the big bad um it, it for this whole company and you know at some point like you know when everyone gets mad like the overwatch team and stuff like that we got you always got to wonder how much of it is even further upstairs you know that's actually forcing a lot of these terrible terrible decisions and we learned with overwatch one like you know throughout the time is like there were certain times where uh a team was being told to work on something and would get it pretty much done and then they were like Nope, actually, we don't want to do that anymore. And so they had spent like nine months working on something in Overwatch 1, and then they shift away and they have to start working on something else. And that whole dead period, we got like Overwatch is just dying, like not getting anything at all. Um, so it's like, honestly, we've already probably been affected by it so many times and we don't even know about it. And actually, Call of Duty is having some big problems right now where they like really tried to like change the game and like slow it down and make it so it's like uh, basically as long as you have thumbs you can play the game and <laughs> i think the whole sam would idea, love to talk about this by the way yeah, if you give sam, him a sam could probably speak on it better than i can um I but but activision was basically like let's try to make it as fair for everybody to play at the same level like when like remove like a lot of the skill that was involved in the game uh, make it so that you know you come home from your nine to five you sit on the couch and play some call of duty you know you you appease like hardcore casual side like I'm not talking Overwatch casual. I'm talking like you you run that way down the field, like as far as you can go and try to farm it for more money because more players, more money, cha-ching, cha-ching. And it's like they've just they've just lost like a lot of their player base. Like they just died off. Like it's they've lost like 60% over the holidays or something. It was crazy. And so they're scrambling to go back to Overwatch or I mean, Overwatch Warzone 1 kind of mechanics and like try to like pick up the game pace again and add all these old features. And it's just like did I feel like 
even the Call of Duty devs probably are very similar, like it's similar to like even Overwatch at that point. It's like they probably had a good idea of what they wanted to do. But big Activision over the top is like, no, we must make more money. We will make it as casual as possible, make everybody have, you know, the, the basic mechanics. And it's like, how many more times has this probably happened in the past? And we have no clue it's even happened. I don't know. It's something to think about. Um, but you, you, you get a, made a good point about like Jeff leaving and whatnot. There's probably limitless things where we could have had something good and it's been stolen from us from the top level activision side so i don't know we'll never know though it, that's all speculation you know but it's it still yeah. is really sad i would say that we do know actually and and here's the things i'd point to one the lawsuit right i think like that that goes up to the top of the chain things that and rumors that I personally heard just from around, not from like any Overwatch creator about like Kotick and how like they were trying to push the Overwatch League. I've heard a lot of behind the scenes stuff about like that what he was first saying and it, it sounded like garbage. Activision, here's a challenge for you. Maintain a good game for two years. They never can because they always, and they've ruined Warzone. It's embarrassing what they did to Warzone. It is, it is shameful. And shout out to Raven Studios, who is picking up the crumbs of the shattered cookie that Activision came in with their hammer and said, we're going to ruin this game consistently. And instead of fixing the problems, we're just going to make something new. And so that's where I feel really bad for the Overwatch team, because now that I'm seeing what's happening in Warzone, a game that has nothing to do with Overwatch, Granted, I think that the Overwatch team ha did have some of the accountability in terms of what went wrong with Overwatch initially, but I don't think Overwatch 2 was Jeff. I don't think Overwatch 2 was anybody like that. I think that has Activision written all over it. And I, I would just say straight up, and I know this might come off as rude, but I'm going to call it how it is. I would say the leadership at Activision are just morons. Straight up. These guys are way out of touch with how games work. They're pinning it down on everyone else underneath them, and it's pathetic the way that they've tried to manage their games and put the developers in a bad spot. Now, listen, I'm one to grill devs all the time, but if you, it, it's not hard to look at what's happening in Activision Blizzard and, and point it straight up to the top while Kodak takes $200 million in bonuses from his stock options a year while you do nothing. What are you doing? Like, dude, like, come on. Like, it's just, it's, it's so, so frustrating to see that happen because imagine where that money could go. Imagine, imagine if you put a quarter of that into your IPs. Pathetic. What do you expect? This is this is the the, the culture that's kind of just been built over there, and it's, it's not at all towards any of the game devs, like the Overwatch team or even the Warzone team or the Raven team, who actually their QA team. I don't know if y'all saw this story last year. Their QA team was promised raises, and then they all got uh, fired, and then Warzone was ass for a hot minute, and they were like, actors were like, oh wait a minute. Like what's 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 going on here? And they they all got that they got back and they got their guarantees and stuff. It was a big deal in the in the Warzone community. So can you listen, can you the, quickly summarize Sam for me? What 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 is what is the controversy? Like what what did they do to Warzone? Like for someone like me who's not followed, what what's been the oh, why dude, are people mad? They, they took the value out of everything. They s snipers can't one shot, right? The movement is gutted. So there's no skill curve to moving. You used to be able to move while plating, right? So I could take a duel and like sprint away like while plating and have like a good movement speed. So like if you have great map knowledge, like you can move around. Then they made it so you literally can't sprint while plating. So you're moving like a like OG Roadhog almost. Like super, super slow. Basically, th there's just no skill curve. They crunched the skill floor and the skill ceiling of the game, which is exactly what happened in Overwatch 1. 
the objective and the best way to play the game is super, super campy. And the looting system is doo-doo. They, they took a game where they made the uni a unique BR in the Call of Duty theme that was very fast-paced, but you could play slow if you wanted to. There were a ton of different play styles. You'd loot, get your loadout, go. And then it was go, 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 if that's what you wanted to do. But you could also camp and snipe. In this game, there's no loadouts, right, that you can actually afford and get consistently. You have to buy individual guns so you don't get your perks. They removed the big movement mechanic, which was, like, slide canceling. Which I'm sure you've seen the meme of, like, the Warzone players, like, sliding and then tack sprinting and, like, raise the skill ceiling of the game a ton. Um, the snipers are bad. You can't use them. But they added a backpack system that was just like PUBG that let you carry a ton of stuff. But each ammo category now takes up a slot in the backpack. It's a giant clutter. It's a mess. Raven is already backtracking all that, dropping the loadout prices down low. And it's when I tell you they fumbled at every single level of the game aside from the map, which was good. The new map was actually great. Almazra is a beautiful map. A lot of different play styles. Great, great locations. I love it. Um, it's just boring. It was so boring that me and my buddies have gone back to playing Caldera, the worst map I've ever played in my life that single-handedly dropped their user base by 30 million players year over year. And instead of just fixing that and going back to the OG map that we all liked, oh no, let's make a whole new game. Why? Just stop. If it's, 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 it makes me so mad because I'm going to quote the, the old CEO of Walmart when they asked him what is brilliant. He's Arkansas guy, right? Those guys... Arkansas, for the, you don't know SBB, it's an Avril. It's a, it's a southern state. A lot of the people down there, like, they're no oh, bullshit kind of guys. They're just like, you know, they're right to the point. And that's what kind of a lot of those folk out there, it's very funny. Uh, but they asked him what he was so brilliant at about how he was able to build this empire that is Walmart now and, like, how his shipping process worked. And his, his response was brilliant. He says, lady, I'm trying to get that box over there as fast as I can. And that's my Arkansas accent. It's not very good, but... Uh, that's all he's doing. He's just trying to get it from there to there. If it's good, it's good. Keep it. Do it. If it's bad, it's bad. Get rid of it. And they, but no, it's always got to be something new so we can sell. And they've destroyed all of their game's integrity. And that's why they can't maintain a title for more than two years. Because they always force change when it doesn't have to happen. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And it's really bit them in the ass at every turn, in my opinion. Sorry, I just had to go off of it. Just no, I, I like the it. The strategy for the long time has been like, you know, Call of Duty yearly releases... Guitar Hero every year, that franchise died. Um, I mean, so much of the issues is basically public companies in a nutshell. Public companies, you have to make money. It's like, I mean, they're legally required to be turning profits yeah. and, and make as much money as possible. That's just how it is. I mean, that's the difference between that and a private company. So um, it sounds scummy. It if you're ruining franchises then it kind of is but i mean they're legally required to try and make as much money as possible so they're incentivized to do these things um and if it's anti-consumerism then it's just like well still lines the pocket so that's what needs to be done and that's the sad reality of public companies i think does it does it have to be like this way, Avril? Because I think I know a lot of people listening right now would be saying, "I told you I mean, guys, you know, ideally, you guys... ideally it doesn't, but then don't live in a capitalist society is unfortunately <laughs> the answer to that. Don't have a capitalist society, maybe is the answer to that. But well, in, 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 the, in a capitalist in the, society, or that's just, or, or, or 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 don't have a public company is would be the other one. Because a private company, you just do what you want, you know. Because because a lot of it's people tough. would look at this and say like, this is what they. Because, you know, I think all of us were like, free-to-play has to be the way to go for Overwatch. But a lot of people would have said, no, don't go free-to-play because this is exactly what comes with the territory. Like, you know, this is the kind of scummy Only practice. if you do it poorly. You, you can mm -hmm. do free-to-play yeah, well. You do it well. 
So you don't plenty, think this I, has to like there's plenty of good free to play games out there. I don't think free to play. I don't think free to play is the big evil. I think if you do it poorly, then it's bad. The same, the same with like game companies being public too. It's like they, because the problem is, and this is just their mentality. It's like, well, we have to because th think about what blew what blew Activision up, fellas. What really was like in the early two thousands on? What was the title that blew it up and blew gaming wide open? It was Call of Duty. Call of Duty, yeah. And what did Call of Duty do every year? A new game every year, yeah. right? And they could sell it for sixty bucks. And I, I, I just, I don't think that the old generation, especially of investors. These guys that don't really understand gaming, the people who be applying the pressure, even on the boards, right? Like, if you look at the boards of these, it's so it's so slimy how people are selected for the board. It, it would piss you guys off. So it, it's ah, rat behavior. That's all I'm gonna say. But you know, it's it just is not healthy for gaming, in my opinion. And I think that, ironically enough, you know, you, you we talk about the Microsoft acquisition all the time and the big gatekeep that like companies like Sony are trying to push for because they'll lose the game or they'll lose the industry is that, you know, it's it's going to be a monopoly and that Activision Blizzard is going to own too much. But ironically enough, what could prove that wrong is the exact same path the company is going down right now. And this is not at fault of the game devs whatsoever because I'm sure the game devs don't want to do this, right? It's, um, they might be forcing it so much that it blows open the window for indie dev studios to come in and make games like Among Us that did really well. I've been seeing tons of Among Us VR clips of, of these guys going chasing kids around screaming and freaking them out. It's pr priceless. You guys got to look them up. Priceless clips. But, you know, I wonder if that's going to allow these mistakes are going to allow the industry to be blown wide open. But you just never really know. And it's just so sad to see good titles. get. It's, it's like forcibly changing the rules of basketball or football every year to make a new game to sell tickets to an NFL stadium or an NBA stadium. It's just, it's so stupid, but they just don't realize it yet because they don't understand games. And that's that's what it is. They're there to bring the well, But it makes, but here's the thing is like the, the rea sad reality is that, and this is this is why the, the board will continue to keep Bobby Kotick on, you know, as CEO and, until whatever happens with the merger is because when you look at the stock price of ABK, it's it's gone, it's only gone up under his reign. So when you have the dudes in suits who, I mean, they're definitely not gamers. There's, there's no mistake about that. They're not here to, they're not here to play games. Uh, they, frankly, I wouldn't be, I'd be surprised they really cared about games at all. They probably just stare at a spreadsheet and that's really it. And if their number goes up and it's green, good. If it's down as red, that's bad, and all they need is for the number to go green, and that's it. And unfortunately, because twofold, um, I mean, depending on what, how which way you look at, it, I was going to say like on on some level, as a consumer, you can just vote with your wallet, but so many people pay for it anyway. It feels like a losing battle. So despite it being bad, for some reason, everyone's still paying for it. And still, it still makes a ton of money. So. At the very highest level, when you look at the spreadsheet and it's all in green and the numbers are only going up, that only incentivizes to continue doing that. So, I would say that you know I don't want to go too deep into just you know just talking about cultural phenomenon and <laughs> yeah, basically socioeconomics and uh, the shift of culture of it. I think the one caveat to that is that it often these these things tend to go in growth, 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 but at, at sort of short, it's like constant priority of short-term growth over long-term sustainability until it implodes. Yeah. And then usually it implodes pretty hard and, and it kind of just goes like up, up, up. The guy who's done it leaves before it's time, which maybe Bobby Kotick will think he's doing now with the Microsoft thing. And then bang, it just like collapses off of a cliff. Yeah, you quickly then, sell it, right? And then you, and yeah, then you, you sell it before that moment. You get billions your, you, of dollars and you're good. Exactly. You cash out, you're happy and the thing suffers. So 
hopefully, you know, we'll bring it back to Overwatch now. Hopefully, it, that's not the direction. And thankfully, there is some distance between, you know, let's say Bobby Kotick's direct arm of management versus what what Blizzard do with Overwatch because he's not directly involved with making it as much as he may try and, you know, throw the spanner in the works as much as he, as much as he may try and, you know, exert his influence. There is still the team for Overwatch. There is still people who I think are genuinely well-intentioned. And on that note, actually, fellas, uh, there has been a little dev block drop. Uh, Aaron Keller has dropped some communication for us. So do you mind if I just quickly run through what the key points of what he said Let's and then we can it. kind of discuss it. it. So, sure. okay, guys, I'm going to bring it up on stream now. So this is a, a blog post just says developer update from Aaron Keller. There's a little bit of an introduction paragraph. I'm going to go straight to the, the meat of it, which says... Uh, the new rank mode suffered from poor comprehension. There was confusion around players' real rank and how that translated to their skill level, difficulty forming groups with friends, and a negative impression of the matchmaker when players of different ranks were put in the same match. Brackets, even if their skill levels were similar. And we'll definitely lament on that a little bit. We'll be implementing some changes in Season 3 and quite a few more in Season 4, all aimed at creating more clarity in the system. More details on short-term changes and long-term vision will be coming soon, TM. A little bit self-referential self joke there. We've gotten feedback from players that the game doesn't feel rewarding enough to play and that players can't earn the items they want to in a short enough period of time. We'll be making a change in Season 3 that should address some of these complaints. This is a first step. We will have more details to share about this in the next week. So we've got matchmaking, we've got earning uh, cosmetics. Uh, there are a fair number of changes to alt costs in Season 3. We'll be lowering the alt refund when swapping heroes to 25% as part of this tuning pass, okay? Uh, balance frequency is a big topic. Bug fixes to hot fixing should enable us to address balance faster and would have enabled us to tune hog in Season 2 earlier. We're still planning an initial mid-season patch each season, but now have the full ability to fill in between those as necessary. And finally, one-shots and frustrating hero mechanics are being discussed a lot in the community and on the team. This is an ongoing discussion, but the topic has a lot of nuances that involve the frequency of those mechanics, trade-offs for using it, the overall power, of a level, power level of a hero, how often the hero is played, as well as things like a hero's fantasy. That's a very important. I want to keep that phrase there because I definitely want to discuss that. Know that we're listening here. The feedback has been great and very welcome. And we'll come back to this when we have more to share. Thanks so much for reading, and please keep the feedback coming. We're listening, Aaron. Okay. On a one, a quick note is I, I, I feel so much sympathy for Aaron. Poor guy. She's like, please, we're listening, guys. We're listening. Okay. I promise you, we're listening. <laughs> Stop being mad at us. We're trying our best. So shout out to Aaron. He's genuinely a really nice guy. Flats. Three, three main, or maybe even four main things jump out there. One is the rank system and the sort of obscureness and the difficulty around understanding it. Two is uh, cosmetics. Three is uh, their patch, fi patch frequency and bug fixing and all that. And then four would be just general stuff like one-shots and how they approach hero balancing. Any of those you want to jump right up first? You're like, this is the one I want to talk about first. Well, all four are good because those have actually been amazing. That they, or things we've all been talking about. So it's nice to touch and, and to talk about. Um... But the big one, I don't want to go out of order. The big one for me personally was the speed of patches. That was the big one for me. Um, I actually, before we hopped on, looked at it, did my own little react talking about what was in uh, in that dev blog. Uh, and one of the things that they mentioned was um, that they are going to still do the big beginning of season patch and a mid-season patch but basically like the idea is that they're open to doing more and i don't 
I, I'm still really, really like this ain't enough. It's not. Uh, and my big reasons are are this one. The Overwatch team in season one and season two has demonstrated that they don't have the idea of what a major balance patch should look like. They've been too tame. They haven't been enough. And when they do make massive changes, I think Doomfist was a good example. They didn't understand how or where to take the hero to make them stronger, to change up the metagame. And it promoted things that were like not really good for the hero and not good to play against. Um, and which I'll give them credit for that they reverted and they very quickly went back and tried to change it again. Um, but it was just like nobody ended up being happy. The Doom players weren't happy and everyone else who played against Doom for a few weeks was happy it was over, but didn't really enjoy the Roadhog meta that had already developed at that point. Um, we learned this in Overwatch 1. Towards the end of what was updating Overwatch 1, Jeff Kaplan and the team had realized that unless there's updates about every two weeks, three weeks max, the game feels stale. Overwatch in a lot of ways has tried to, to replicate like Apex Legends uh, or Valorant where they have the, the big patch at the beginning of the season and then a mid-season patch just like those games do. But I really want to say Overwatch is not a game on the same level as those. It's fundamentally different. When you play Apex... Even if you play the meta characters, and I haven't had, I haven't played Apex really since last summer. The meta characters when I played were Gibraltar, Valkyrie, and then either like Seer or Bloodhound. You'd always pick those characters because they're the strongest and high level metagame. Lower ranks, they would just pick whatever they want. Very similar to Overwatch. The point is though, when you pick those characters, yes, you had the same abilities, but you could always pick up different guns. There were meta guns, like, you know, like you're the R301 that's probably the best assault rifle. You know, but then you had the R99 that was also really good. And you had the Peacekeeper was really good. You had options. You had snipers, charge rifle. You had other options of things to play and have uh, impact with throughout your experience. And some of it was RNG, depending on what you got. But there was also you could decide, hey, I want to play sniper this game. Hey, I want to run an R301 this game. Hey, I want to run SMGs. I want to run a shotgun this game. Overwatch doesn't have that. When you pick a character like Junkrat, you only have Junkrat's grenade launcher and his mines and his trap and his tire that's it you don't get to change the experience of playing that character at all so when you get locked into a character that's a metagame character you don't have these other variables that make it not feel uh, like you're stuck playing something or playing against something the entire time we learned this in overwatch one and we went to this we were working towards getting to this point where we were doing updates every two to three weeks and eventually to two weeks which jeff kaplan wanted to do and then we all remember this was a famous patch of October 2020 where the game felt really, really good. And everyone was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And then there was a patch after that. Everyone was like, wait, 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 this isn't a good patch. Let's go back. And then, boom, they cut the program. And that was it. And they stopped doing the big up the updates every two weeks. It was like the worst timing ever because we were at a great. We were like, good patch, good patch, good patch, good patch, good patch, good patch. Oh, my God. We're like, this is great. Like, this is like we've had like seven or eight good patches in a row. And it led to this really fun, strong metagame. And then it was a patch that went backwards and we were like, oh, well, well, maybe we can revert that, you know, like not a big fan of it, but we're OK with it for two weeks. Let's walk it back. But then they stopped the updating. That was it. If we had continued to keep updating at that point, you could have actually reverted from that really bad patch and kept the cycle going of the more frequent updates. But that's the key, though, is the frequent updates. Overwatch's updates are too slow for what this game is. You don't have the other types of experiences on the high level and even on the low level you kind of sometimes feel like you have to play certain things or else you're just going to die like you're like oh like i i can't play 
uh, Zen here because they're uh, Zen isn't really that strong and, I, and they just walk at me all the time. I'd love to see patches where other characters do get really strong or weak. But if as long as it's fast and it's more aggressive, then it doesn't end up being a problem in the long term because, yeah, it's a problem for two weeks, but then it goes away after that. What we have is the opposite effect where we're too scared to make big changes or to change a character's identity. For example, Sojourn. I believe the identity of Sojourn is her railgun. The team's perspective is the one shot. I don't think that the one shot should be an identity of the character. I think the railgun is the identity of the character. They disagree. But the point is, though, is all the changes that they've been making to Sojourn, which, by the way, I, I haven't played a whole lot of ranked recently. Sojourn is absolutely still the best DPS in the game. We've all, we all called it. But I would say that they definitely made an impact. Like, it's not the same. Like, yes, she gets railgun pretty quickly, but it's a lot of farming off of tanks. And it's like the, the damage numbers have come down. The one shot's still frustrating. And like, that's the part that needs to be dealt with. But like, all the other patch notes I felt were pretty good. Like, the Arissa one, everyone said Arissa is going to still be meta. I actually think Arissa is going to, I think like Ramacho is going to be meta. But, um like the the hog changes were good even the kiriko changes were nice like these are good changes but they're taking so long to get there and then you have this problem where it compounds month after month after month after month and if sojourn hadn't been a problem since october 4th people i think would be happy with this patch because every other part of the patch i personally think was really really good but the problem is, though, is we've had this one character who's been dominating for a while, and there's a refusal to, to get rid of that one integral part of her kit. So they're trying everything else. And because everything else keeps getting tried, it's not working, and it's taking so long to get there, it's just building frustrations throughout the community that all of these other changes, which I believe are really good, get overshadowed a ton. And so Overwatch... I think has this problem with Sojourn specifically, we can leave off to the side, but if there was a better pacing, because they've already shown that they don't make the really like massive changes to completely change the metagame, even if they were going to keep the same type of changes they have now, which are sh like a little bit smaller, if they were faster paced, I think people would be a lot happier. But granted though, I still do think they just need to be more aggressive with the big season patch, mm -hmm. like the new season patches need to be much more aggressive. Um, I was extremely disappointed with the original season two patch. I thought it was very disappointing. And then Doomfist was giga buffed, but like not in the ways that made him healthy. Um, so then that got reverted, but then all the giga buffs were gone at that point. Like Doomfist was the only one that got like launched into the stratosphere. Everybody else was kind of like tracer damage from 5.5 to six. Like, I don't know if I call that like a massive buff, you know, like, yeah, it was strong, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I think that speed probably fixes a lot of their yeah. big problems. Um, but overall is uh, if they do decide to go down that route of picking up the speed of patches, I think people would probably appreciate what was in the rest of those patch notes a lot more. So there's a couple of things I want to I want to kind of highlight there, and I I, can, I I I was amused by Sam's face when you brought up the October patch. Sam was just there like this, just there like uh, his face kind of told the story of how he felt. So I want I want to let Sam go off in a little bit. Also curious about Avril's thoughts because I saw him nodding 
uh, when we talk about the identity of Sojourn in the one shot. And that's why, you know, when we read the, the developer post, I wanted to flag up that idea of the hero's fantasy. I think that's a very interesting point that the developers themselves are acknowledging that that's like something that's important to them, right? What the fantasy of the hero is, is like actually part of... define that? Because I'm confused real quick. I think what it means is like, oh, why what? do you pick Genji? It's like, oh, you pick the you pick Genji for the fantasy of like, I get to be this guy who like throws shuriken, wall climbs, and, and dragon blades. So like, we don't want to take away why someone would would project themselves was... onto the hero. That's what I thought anyways. I thought it was more like, for at least for changes, like for the character. Like remember when Ryan got steadfast? Remember everyone was like, Ryan gets, gets booped around by you know, small mace, and it's like, you're supposed to have this eight-foot-ton man with a, with armor, and he gets booped away by everything, so they added Steadfast. That kind of stayed within, like, the fantasy of what the character, I think, is supposed to be when they make those changes. Yeah. That's at least how I thought of it. Um, But it's like, I guess almost like, what would make sense for those characters in, like, a really, really open way? It's like, it's like the theme identity it's... of the character that, that defines why someone would want to play that character. This is yeah. the best way I could describe it. Hello, guys. SCB here. Just want to quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up Podcast to say that if you've been enjoying this content, then please do consider supporting me directly via Patreon. It really does help since Patreon only takes about 10% of your money, where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So it supports me and allows me to keep making videos no matter how many views they do or don't get. Also, if you are really enjoying this discussion, then why not consider watching some of my other content? First and foremost, my Twitch stream where this podcast is hosted live, and I stream five days a week doing a bunch of other things as well. If you're not much of a Twitch viewer, then you can check out the SVB side channel, where all the best bits from the stream go straight to YouTube in highlight format, including VOD reviews, gameplay, and streamer formats, such as the Fantasy Overwatch or Rank Gauntlet that you may have seen other streamers participate in. And finally, if you're sick of Overwatch, then you could check out my other channel, The Soak, which is where I do movie and TV breakdowns. And I've done videos on things like Avatar The Last Airbender, Pixar's Up, and anime like Haikyuu. So if any of that sounds up your street, then all the links are in the description. But now, back to the discussion. And there's two... Th I want to get one quick little snide little thingy in while I can, and then I want to pass it over to the others, which is that... uh. I like the point you made about Apex Flats and basically what, what to summarize it would be like there, there isn't necessarily enough variance in Overwatch match to match, right? Like Apex, you get variance just based off like, well, I can't always drop where I want to and I can't always get, even if I know the meta guns, I can't always get them. Like it's not always possible to get them. Whereas Overwatch, I think at least when things are overtuned or perhaps just slightly overtuned, that variance goes away. Like the maps are supposed to provide the variance in Overwatch. You know, in, in like a MOBA, the items provide the variance, right? And, and like the nature of like, if I happen to get a few kills, I got more money. Therefore, I was able to get more items and more levels. So now I'm a stronger version of this hero than maybe would be normal or a weaker version. Overwatch, again, you know, you're kind of running the same hero all the time. So the maps are supposed to tell you the variety. But if stuff is overtuned, people just run the same stuff on every map all the time. And this is where, you know, I'd love to bring up the point of actually more restrictions can somehow can sometimes liberate right <laughs> hero bands get your bingo book out there's actually a bingo app now that hey, we that's have. for frito that's for, that's that. for frito <laughs> that's for me and my boy frito like there's a, we actually have a website now that we use for the for the group of bingo card as you can generate your own chat i think one of my mods will point it out but this is I another occasion where like forcibly denying something so like an apex denying the ability to get the weapons all the time like imagine if you could just drop with the rollout you wanted it would be a problem, right? Like everyone would be running the same thing all the time. So sometimes actually denying the access for the player base to get exactly what they want creates variance. So that's a little one point I want to make. But I also do, yeah, like I said, I want to, 
I want to dwell on that idea of of sort of identity because you brought it up now, Flats, and 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 what constitutes identity. Avril, you were like I said, you were kind of nodding about that sort of sojourn yeah. uh, idea of like her identity. How do you weigh in on this? Well, I I I suggested for the longest time. I don't even remember the when I first said it. I swear. I must have said this probably privately, so podcast. I guess it's you were on this podcast I, and you talked about I this. You something, yeah. I so so my my original thoughts on Sojin pretty much from day one when I found out she could even headshot on the rail I was like I don't think she should probably headshot on the rail. I think having another one shot in the game, especially one where like now it's like a mid range one shot, it's like would it make it a bit less punishable because she's mid range and has all this mobility and extra stuff. I thought that was gonna be unhealthy from day one. And uh, unfortunately, way down the line now, it's like, yep, turns out that's true. Um, it's I don't I don't know if, like, you were kind of speculating that they were hesitant on um, removing the one shot because they felt that was the the fantasy. But like, I mean, that just is bizarre to me. I mean, it's not bizarre because I can totally see that being the justification, but it's clearly one of the major design downsides of it it's like it's one of those things that sounds cool on paper and then upon execution just makes the game worse um as well as a, a couple other things and and svb you mentioned in terms of league of legends analogy i actually think it's the other way around where it's not the items because you actually mostly depending on your role you're mostly building the same items it's still the fact that there's like 140 champions or however many it's just so many in there you're playing the same map all the time uh, but you're probably going to end up at different matchups. You're going to have a different variety of what's available. I mean, there is meta, but depending on what the level you play at, uh, that changes as well. There's 10 bands and 10 picks in the drafting per game as well. And you could see that variety in Overwatch with where the heroes are. And I think the idea originally was that, okay, well, if you can just swap all the time, surely you'd see like a reasonable variety in your Overwatch games because there'd be a multitude of different heroes. But then you get to the discussion of like, well, we've gone in the opposite direction of what the, the devs wrote down on paper originally for Overwatch 2, which is they said they wanted there to be less counterpicking, but now would you guys agree there's probably more counterpicking than before? It feels probably, you know, more egregious, especially with the... I would say specifically um, in tank. Uh, definitely in tank, because there's only one of them. And and um, there's that's compounded by the um, alt retention, which is, if you read the, the dev blog that just came out, it's gone from 30 to 25, but really it should be zero. Like, it's this, it's only going down by 5%. Like, oh, it's just not enough. Like, and it, it needs to seriously just go away entirely because that just doesn't punish. So I, it Basically, what I'm trying to get to is there is uh, probably like a reasonably old quote from you now, SVB, that I still stand by that I just agree wholeheartedly with, which is that the game should probably allow for one tricking to be a little bit more successful, which sounds counterintuitive to like, well, well hang on, I just, you just, you're saying you want the game to be a little bit more varied. How does that work if it's enabling one tricking? Well, the idea is you'd have a lot of different one tricks playing your games. And it's because there's a lot more heroes that would be viable because there's less counters involved in the game and more things you could just actively play and not be throwing. You'd probably see more variety in your games because less people are incentivized or feel like they're forced to play a quote unquote meta where you are having to, be forced to play Soja in every game or forced to play X or Y here every game because that's what's good in the meta. If there's not as many things that are just like overwhelmingly good in the meta, then the idea is you'd see more variety. So I think that those are important things to see a healthier game as well as, I don't know, maybe you do explore the potential of bands. I mean, that could probably be in there as well. 
I mean, I'm not. I'm gonna try not to rant about the 3025. Like I, I, I read that first sentence that was like, we're gonna look at the old charts. No rant. I think I mean, you should. Go, you go, think, first, go first. It, go first. Go well, first. Well, look, I'm trying to have a more healthy approach. Okay, I'm trying to save my mental health here. I'm trying not to be. I, I kind of made this a video about this. Well, just make it Stop simple it. then. It's not. Enough. It's a joke. It's a joke. And no, it's, it's not a joke. Do anything. It's a joke to be like. We hear you, cause, cause I, I sympathize with the like I said earlier, like I sympathize with Aaron to be like, listen, guys, we're listening. But what the fuck are you listening to if you're like 30 to 25 guys? We got you. We got. What is that? Oh, it's like a guy being outside of like a, a food shelter, being like, I'm hungry, man. Like, Here's a bread come. Here's a bread uh, uh, crumb, my G. Go nuts. Like, what are you talking? I'm I'm poor. Can you please help me? Here's 25 cents. Go nuts. Like SVB. Wouldn't it be so much uh, better though, is if they did do the 25? That's okay. But then, like, two weeks from now, then they change it to 20 when they realize it's wrong. But, like, the problem is, though, it's going to be 25 for the next two months. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, if you want to make the small changes, that's fine. But because they're so far apart, we go months, many months with the same small breadcrumb. So, like, you have to be more drastic if you want to do less patches. They must be more drastic. If you don't go drastic, then the breadcrumb doesn't mean shit. It doesn't. So, like, if you want to do small adjustments, I'm okay with that, but it needs to be faster. Because of how slow it is, it has to be way more drastic. And if you actually say, I hear you, and you're only going to make a patch once a month at that point, it needs to go from 30 to zero and just take it out and see what happens. Because that's what's drastic. Well, this is like another... I mean, people accuse this of Blizzard all the time, the hubris. They're like, we don't make mistakes. So, like, we put in a 30% thing, percent, 30% thing. We can't just take it back after one, you know, half a season or whatever. Because that would, no, I, I know they should. I know, I know. But this I know. is their POV where they're like, we can't because it would make us look bad. Because then we'd look like we're people who don't know what we're doing. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll go in a different rank, a slightly different rank, a, a kind of rank I've been stewing on a little bit. I made a video about this earlier this week. It's called. Uh, how I fell in love with Overwatch again. And it doesn't seem like the nice lead up to it when I'm ranting and screaming. But the point of the video was, I, like many people in this call, like in the community, have been quite upset a lot recently. Sam, I know, feels this perhaps more, more than most, where it's like, you look at these decisions that are made over and over and over, and you kind of just scream your brains out. You're like, why? Why do they make the decision? What is the logic, for example, going 30 to 25? How do you justify this? Like, do you not understand the fundamental problem of what you've caused with the ult charts? Like, do you not, like, it's kind of like, what are you trying to solve, right? When you make a change, like, what are you trying to solve? When they give Arisa, like, extra fall off, like, range. And it's like, what what is the problem you're trying to solve here? That you think you're doing like dropping to 30 25 do you understand that the matchup is very directly rock paper scissors and like the 25 percent is not like a quality of life feature that you're giving people you're just enabling a bad mechanic and you know I, i've the way i've learned to make peace with it is i always kind of like think you gotta my message to everyone basically in Overwatch community who's angry is like we really have to separate the games like Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2 we really have to separate them as like the death of Overwatch 1 has to be seen as final because we've talked about this in like the monetization terms where we've said look you guys who are like I bought Overwatch 1 why don't I get all the heroes and all the cosmetics well Overwatch 1 is dead my guy I'm sorry like it doesn't it's not great to hear but it's it's gone like you know that money you paid was gone the any investment you feel like you surely got a you know on the investment side you got your good money's worth whatever you paid for you got your money's worth for Overwatch one Overwatch two is this new free to play experience it's fun for the whole family right and that's that's the world we live in now in the live service model which we all ask for so I'm not saying I don't want it 
But in the live service model, we must appeal to as many people as possible. We must get, you know, again, the kids to the grandmas all involved playing Overwatch. And it's all about the release cycle. It's all about what's the new shit coming out. I play it for two weeks. I'm bored. I move on. And ultimately, it's not, it's not a popular thing to say, but that is the primary consumer. That is the target audience. We are not the target audience. So when you're like, you know, yelling about comp changes, myself included, I say you is not any of you guys, you in the general you. We're not the oh, target. Cons we're not the target mm -hmm. consumer, right? We're not the target consumer, and it's like the alt. And this is where I think because people, some people have been like, "Why can't it be both a casual and a competitive game?" It can, to you know, to a certain degree, but at some point in time, the axe must fall somewhere, right? The, the axe has to decide: is it going to fall on this side or this side? I think these are the perfect like examples of of what we're talking about when we talk about like Genji's balance or Sojourn's balance, right? Where it's like. People were like, Genji's fun. Yeah, I like playing Genji. Okay, maybe is he slightly overtuned, you know, in that patch that he was with the DPS passive? Okay. And then the devs come along and they kind of like nerf him, but then they also nerf the passive that makes him strong. And that's where the hammer falls, because, it, because the truth is, a lot of people play Genji. He's fucking rampant. So the priority of the experience has to be the guy, not even just in gold plaque, because there's a, it is a rampant numbers of Gen Genjis in the metal ranks, right? But even outside of the rank system in quick play rampant he's a popular hero and what do you prioritize do you prioritize the competitive experience or do you compare or you prioritize the guy who logs in for a couple of weeks in the first season and doesn't want to just be farmed by genjis all day because that's what everyone plays and that's where the axe fell the axe fell on we got to prioritize the latter we got to prioritize the the casual experience i i hate using the term casual because it's so like pejorative seeming like people it's very loaded now but i don't mean that in any negative way literally just the casual experience same with sojourn we can't nerf her guys because we we got to be careful how she can form the metal ranks a fair sentiment but surely then you nerf her first and then worry about figuring her out for the metal rank second right you nerf her for the high end first make her viable in the metal rank second no we got to be careful because we don't want to ruin the experience of the person who's who's logged into Overwatch 2 and seen Sojourn as one of the new heroes, the advertised new heroes to play the game. Now we can't just dumpster her for everyone for the normal player. No, that can't happen. Is so like, Junk Queen though? But no one was. I, that's fair. But I think Junk Queen was already not being played by the casual player. To be fair, um, where I guess Sojourn was. I don't know the details of what they pick on. Again, they do they do very heavily statistic based. Um, but I feel can like I, can I keep it real here? Yeah, go ahead, Sam. I'm calling baloney on that. Not what you're saying, but the idea that that's what it has to be. Baloney. Straight up, and not even like a good deli baloney. Like some absolute terrible gas station baloney. All right? Let me explain why. One, I think... Sorry to cut you off, SBB, by the way, but I've been stewing. Let's go. I'll, I'll finish. Right. You go ahead. I want to hear your talks. First of all, I want to agree with Flats about the patches being late. And not only late, they're weak. They're just straight up weak, ineffective, targets the complete wrong thing. And now we are months behind because they accidentally buffed Sojourn because it's the cold hard truth. They lack a fundamental understanding of why things work the way they do. In the same way where they thought the identity of Sojourn was the one-shot, it very clearly is the combo with the railgun. In the same way that it's just Hitscan Junkrat. Really, it is. It's Hitscan Junkrat where she can combo the damage super, super well. Everything that they have tried to target, especially like the high-level meta, generally has not been effective. 
at all. And that doesn't really affect the low-level play because I'm sorry. like It's just beyond me that we consistently create our own problems. We just do. And that doesn't mean that the idea that you have to choose between making your game have competitive integrity from a balance standpoint and not ruining a casual's experience. How can you definitively say that this guy logged off because he's getting farmed by a Genji when reality is the Genji could easily have been... Now, he was strong, and I'm okay with some of the Genji nerfs that came through, but if that's the example we're going to use, couldn't you say that that could have been any hero for that casual player to, to quit the game on? I can tell you, Johnny's quit the game because he can't play ball. And every time he tries to pile drive something, Kiriko makes them beyond immortality, invulnerable, intangible. Right? So it, the reality is, and I, I've, I wanted to give them a couple months to prove it, but I'm going to come out and say it. The balance team lacks fundamental understanding of anything they try to address and change. They lack the fundament fundamental understanding of what makes the game fun. They lack the fundamental understanding of how to make something if you want X outcome, you have to do Y and Z. But then they'll do Q and S and be like, oh, well, we said we wanted to do X to get X. And it just it won't happen. How many times does this have to happen before we just sit there and say, okay, like, I'm not doing it anymore. This competitive scene is dead and gone. It's not going to come back until they actually get aggressive and, and come in there. And at this point, just swing the bat. We, we don't care anymore. Just swing the freaking bat. Okay, and that, I, I will say that for I would say the most effective patch that I think came out was like the first one. Unfortunately, it was delayed, right? Where they really tuned Zarya back. They really tuned back Diva, who actually was like a menace. She Diva Diva was like if Zarya wasn't so good, Diva was like dude winning like every one v one. I actually thought that one was kind of good. I thought the Genji nerfs were a little heavy, but if we were to get something like that a little bit more consistently, I think the feedback would generally be better. And it's just I, I, I'm just so sick of. Just it just seems like none of the eggs are in order, and it's just incredibly frustrating. And I get like, for example, oh, we're listening, we're doing this, Aaron, we appreciate it, and we, I think, generally kind of all understand that. I think the biggest problems that with the game actually come from above above that, to be honest with you. But thirty to twenty five, like, dude, you can't tell me that you understand why this is an issue when you take it from thirty to twenty five. I'm sorry, you just don't know. Well, you just thing. don't know. That's it. I I'm done pretending. You just don't know. That's the cold hard truth. I'm with I'm with you on many parts of that, but here's the thing. I think that we have to all remind ourselves. The majority of like the new players, and there has been a huge influx of new players, are like bronze. Which is great. They're like bronze. So like, you know, you're you're forgetting like the absolute scope of level of what we're talking about. Like the level of like the no, I experience. It. Yeah, but I'm the level of experience like that we're talking about. Cause 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 when cause when they were cause when they spoke to flats, right? And, and someone, people on Twitter were telling me to bring this up. They were like, you know, they talked about Genji. And they said, he's actually performing quite well. And we, we look at that statement and we think, what the fuck? He's not performing well. Like, we've seen what he's like. But you're forgetting that the experience has been so far stretched of, like, what you're experiencing now is, like, even further removed from what, like, the actual new player is experiencing. Where, like, Reinhardt is an yes. example. Just, just having popular heroes is automatically a problem for balancing them the high end because they will just run riot in like that bronze era where like Reinhardt just can't be good to like a viable high level degree because he will run riot and that does in my opinion from what I've seen people do it does ruin their experience because they don't have the answer they don't have the tools to answer that uh, that problem same with Genji they just don't have the tools to answer the rampant number of Genjis running around tearing them up you can't solve that with balance that's a that's like again the when the margin for error is so big at low level play 
no matter how much you try to balance around that, you can't, it won't be that effective. It won't do anything because at the end of the day, players are making so many mistakes and they can overcome that mistake with actual player skill and learning the game. And for yep. the most part, I will say that they've done a pretty good job of doing that. But you've seen, like back in the day, you saw some nerfs to Torbjorn turret, Sim turret, stuff like that. The margin for error is so high at low-level play, it is impossible to balance for it. You can't. The best thing you can do is teach people how to play the game. So I, I'm just sick of this notion of, oh, well, we have to worry about the casuals. Dude, they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. I watched my roommate spin around on ball in circles for like eight seconds and think he's contributing. You can't balance to stop that. You can't. There's nothing you can do. Right? And to some degree, you're right. If there's something as broken as 50% Reaper life, I figured out the number when we buff Reaper during goats to try to stop tank bust. His lifesteal went to 50%. I thought it was 40. It went to 50%, and that destroyed Plat. And you're right. When there's sore thumbs that are so far out of whack, you're completely right, and they do need to look at that. But I'm sorry, this notion that, oh, well, the axe has to fall, so rip the competitive scene. It's just dumb. It makes no sense. How many times are we going to shoot ourselves in the foot, so to speak, trying to do that and having the meta at high level play just to, again, we buffed Sojourn basically. We, we made her so strong that we had to simply backtrack after months of her running rampant with the Mercy Pocket. And we might have done the same thing again this patch by making it a five solid build rate for everything that she shoots, including Ramblock, Arissa Fortify, et cetera, et cetera. There's compensation, but I'm not sure. Again, don't quote me on this one yet. I'm not sure if that's actually going to be make her objectively better i think clearly she's definitely worse but she's still really strong it's just it, it digs the dev team and the balance team in, a, in an almost unescapable hellhole of their own creation balance where the margin for error is actually very thin because that's when the actual game balance becomes incredibly important there's no way no matter how talented you are or how good the game understanding that you have that you can make this stuff consistently work when people are continuously misplaying in the lower ranks. Now, there's a, it's a, it's a, how do I explain this? It's like the outside of the dartboard, right? Like it's, it's very hard to hit because it's just out of your control. But if you're trying to aim for the center and where the big problems are, I think that's just a more effective way to balance. I don't think it's on the balance team to really try to change that experience, especially for lower rank play when the game is just not played properly. You can't do it. It's impossible to ask for them. It's, it's, it's like trying to, it's the story of like the monkey trying to get to the moon in the middle of the lake. It's the reflection. You're never going to get there. You might look like you're getting close, but you're never going to. And I just think it's a waste of time for their sake and it looks foolish. So I, I, I think, go ahead, Avril. I think there is like, to me, it's a misconception. I, I don't think any of you guys hold this view, but I think it's, there's a general view out there that is widely held by, I think, players, and maybe some of the devs think this as well, that somehow if you balance for the top-level player only, when I say top-level, I'll just arbitrarily say, let's say Masters Plus, right? Anything Masters Plus. If you balance for that top-level, then somehow the casual experience suffers. I don't know if that's true. I, I would genuinely challenge that because in my experience playing other games where it's very clear they balance for top levels, games like League of Legends, by the way, I don't see that being an issue. And, and to, to what Sam was saying earlier as well, it's like, it's such a mess down there, you actually can't balance for it. Um, and they so many of the issues at that low level of gameplay would simply be fixed if people got better at the game. And I know that sounds, I make it that sound super easy, but I, I that why why shouldn't it be that like every other multiplayer game pvp game that's kind of the expectation you jump on league of legends it's like 
um, you know, I, I just feel like you don't get... No, the game needs to be brought down to my level. The game needs to be fixed, quote-unquote fixed, balanced for my sake. Uh, my skill discrepancy? No, that doesn't exist. I'm actually playing perfectly in bronze. It must be the game's problem. They need to balance for me. That just seems like such crazy entitlement for players that clearly could fix their issues by being better at the game. And I don't know. They, there's something about the game that maybe doesn't entice this level of um, aspiration to want to achieve more like oh i'm losing what what can i do better is there something i'm doing wrong can i like look at better players and find out what they're doing how do i play this hero if if if, if i'm not performing well on this hero is it because i suck at this hero or is it because the hero is underpowered what is it and most people especially at that level they'll probably blame the hero when really the reality is no they actually just suck at that hero but they, they don't have that level of introspection so i don't know what's missing to get that because in other games and other communities, I feel like that's not as big of a problem. So I just want to quickly chime in. I know Flats hasn't spoken in a while, so I also want to give him the chance to speak if he has any any thoughts on this, which I'm sure he does. But I think the the, the I agree with you on how a competitive game should be balanced. I 100% agree with both of you there. Like that's exactly what it should be. That is how the principles of climbing and improving work. But I think there's like a slight distinction of it's not about that they're trying. And I, I, I think that's the way it should be done. What I'm trying to explain is what their viewpoint is. It's not about balancing for bronze. It's about balancing in a way that keeps the experience of bronze fun. Like there's a, there's a slight distinction there. It's not about like, can we I think it'll make... just be fun no matter what happens. Personally, maybe I'm crazy. Well, I mean, it's hard to say because we don't play in bronze. So, you know, it, it's easy for us to, to throw about to bandy about like how we think it would work the way the perspective i think the dev seed is like we're they're trying to keep the balance in such a way that you know it, it works for the top end from from their pov and i i agree with sam that they get the solutions wrong like they don't identify the problems correctly and end up going wrong but i think their primary concern is let's not upset the experience and the rhythm of someone who's who's logging on for maybe the first time remember many people have never played overwatch 2 before literally never it is a very complicated game for them. So again, it's like when the they just want to make sure that they don't get like rolled unreasonably. And again, I think it's a similar. I always draw the. Uh, go ahead, Sam. Like, like explain to me, like what? Like I I ask anybody who says that, which I agree with you. That's right. But what specifically are you going to do to stop that? And there is no answer. Like, it's they get rolled unreasonably because they suck. Like that's actually the answer. Yeah, but they want to give them the chance to get free wins too. That's the thing. Like, it's that's actually how it is. Like, no. I, I, okay. I, I, how? But by, by basically just making sure that the characters that are popular don't just roll them, because that's like it's like a frustration feeling, right? It's how? like a feeling of frustration. Specifically, what? See, this is what I mean. I'm not trying to gaslight. No, you no, here. no, no. What, what I'm saying is like again, like because we would look like a again, we would look at why nerf Genji because Genji's fucking like popular anyway. So like, if they're rolling, no, if they're getting rolled by I, Genji all the time. I don't That's think bronze games are like good though. Is the, is the thing is like they're better, how, but they're how better than bronze, bronze widowmakers, dude. They're better than bronze widowmakers though. And I agree because they can pull out blade and no one can hit a cooldown. Yes, and, you know, and I agree. And like just dashing but... and double jumping is like, oh my god, this guy's a fucking yeah, yeah. They, they, can't, they can't hit him. Here's the difference, and it's okay to make sure that happens as long as you don't violate and make the hero unrewarding at the high level of play, which is what they have specifically failed at, in my opinion, because they're trying to do something that they can't solve. See, here's the difference again. Sorry, Flats, I, I will let you go. I'm not going to take up too much time here. But the difference is 
when you're like the difference is for these low level players, they have an option within their control to beat a lot of these characters, and that is to get better, right? Yep. When you get up to the top level of play and you're trying to force Genji but they don't into get better. It's that's not the, that's okay. The that's that's, the thing. that's they fine. Don't want then, one then why are we balancing for you? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, what does, Correct, what does that do? Because you're going to get rolled by the next thing instead. You're going to get rolled by Moira, who's just throwing damage orbs. And that's, that's they fine. Be, they will be rolled by whatever's the most overpowered thing matter, at the time. It, it right? never ends. It will never end. And they end. always have a tool to get better within their own control, which is like actual skill at the game, learning positioning. And to, are we really going to act like there's nothing that can answer Genji? Like, are we kidding? Like, look, if you look at high-level play over the last couple of years, that's clearly shown to be not true. You can beat Genji with anything. He's the most neutral character in the game, right? Have, one of his abilities is based on you on a specific character, actually shooting him and shooting it back at yourself. It's very easy to learn, and you learn how to play that over time. But the problem is, if you mess it up and you mess up the reward from a balance standpoint when the margin for error is much smaller, at the high-level play, when everyone has reached the skill ceiling of the game, there's nothing within their own control generally, and that margin for error is so much smaller that they can do to overcome that difference, and that's where the game balance actually matters the most, and that's why you Correct. see so many high-level streamers be so frustrated, because I have not heard over the years a single person give me a specific example about what exactly to do from a game balance perspective to stop these new players from getting rolled. The answer is, there's nothing. They just have to get better. That's it. That's it. There's no way because it's always going to be something. So don't compromise the reward at the top because the new players who have Fatui, who have all these things, and I would say that, you know, I would say that heroes like Moira probably do roll more in low-level play than Genji does if you're talking like about bronze and stuff. But it just frustrates me so much because the team digs themselves into the holes so consistently and we just have not learned from Overwatch 1 that no matter how you try to balance the game, you can't magically make players better. You can't. You, you're just going to end up shooting yourself in the foot over and over and over again because there's no specific thing you can do. The margin for error is too big. You can't balance. They have the option to get better. I'm not saying don't address and hammer down outliers, but I, it's just, I, I'm so sick of, it's just nonsense to me. It's just nonsense. I'm sorry. I, 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 I want to give Chance, I wanna give chance for Flats to, to chime in because I, I want to feedback, but I, I would rather let Flats chime in as well. This conversation has made me realize how little of a shit and how much little faith I have left. Because all the things you guys are talking about, I just don't care. And the reason I don't care is because, Sam, I want to ask you a question. Go. When was the last time you bought a skin? <laughs> I bought, Answer my question. I can't, I can't lie, dude. Have you bought I, any Overwatch I, I, skins I, I, other I, than I, the Battle Pass? I I float around on that Echo Butterfly on these kids with my little snow angel ballerina yep. thing. And my there's a reason game. why you're not the target audience. You don't spend that kind of money. Like, if I'm telling you in about a year from now, like I have looked extensively at like other communities that have like gone free to play over the last few years and just kind of like have an idea of like where we're gonna go content wise. And like you'd be surprised. Like there is literally like full Fortnite channels that are completely dedicated to talking about when the next skins are coming out and what they are and doing reviews and rating them. And basically that's just their endless farming system. And that's what people care about. That's what the casuals in that game care about. And Overwatch is not honestly that much different. People care about the skins. They care about the cosmetics. They care about so many of these things that SVB I think is kind of right. Not because I agree with him, but he's right because that's where the money is because all of those players are going to be the ones that spend all the money. Like how many high level players spend a bunch of money on Overwatch every day? Probably not many. I I can't tell you I've seen a whole lot of new skins like 
Hell, like half of us meme about the loot box rebellion and have the loot box icon because we know none of the free-to-play players can get the loot box icon because there's no way in hell they're ever bringing that thing back. So I agree with you. I think like I think things like Sojourn are. It makes no sense to me why it doesn't actually get nerfed because Sojourn's not dominating low-level play. They actually came out and said it themselves. They actually came out and said that Sojourn underperforms in the lower ranks because Sojourn's like Widowmaker, as as we'd be said. People in bronze aren't scared of Widowmaker because those are the same people that can't hit any shots. So I don't see why Sojourn can't get tuned down. But then you look at something like Genji, and it's like, well, Genji's probably is a lot easier to play at a, a base level bronze level than Widowmaker. So when we complain about Widow, everyone looks at us and like, oh, you guys are just complaining. You, know, you play cover. And it's like, oh, really? You you know what Overwatch 2 is like? You you play cover. Okay, let me play cover now. Because in Overwatch 1, you could play shields. Or Overwatch 2 would cover play cover. Oh, I'll just never peek for every fight ever. Oh, okay, that sounds good. I just I just won't play the video game. But they also have Junkrat, and Junkrat bounces things off the walls, so don't play behind cover. Oh, shit. Oh, if I can't play behind cover because Junkrat's going to kill me, and I can't play in the open because Widow's going to kill me, you're supposed to play the video game. So stuff like that, I agree with you. I think that Sojourn having the one shot constantly there makes no sense to me because there's no excuse. They, the data that they told us was that in the lower ranks, she underperforms. So why not nuke her? If we hate her and they don't play her, what's the point? Like. Like at that point, you want to you want to go actual mid max, make it so lower players can play her and upper level players don't hate her. Take away the one shot from the take away the headshot that we've you know we talked about before. Take away the headshot from the railgun keeps her identity. Give her an extra like twenty bullets in her right click. That, that way she was like almost like old Arissa, where you're just constantly and you're constantly getting the feedback of hitting something and you get the endorphins the are going. Huh? Tighten the spread. You got to tighten the yeah, spread. Well, yeah, so you can just like, you can even lower the damage one and tighten the spread a bunch and you make it like seven damage. And that way, just like, you're just sitting there shooting the, shoot the tank the other time because that's what bronze players do. They sit there and shoot their tank. Both tanks stand there and they just look at each other and they get double pumped from healing and they get both damage dealers shooting at them. They just stand there and they don't die. That's when way back when goes when it was like healing was double buffed and triple buffed. That's the one thing I've always heard the devs or any devs say is that if you're looking at breakpoints in the games, sometimes like when healing was way too strong in Overwatch 1, like you could go whole minutes without anyone getting a kill in, in bronze. Like minutes. Because they couldn't they couldn't get in a limb because they couldn't hit enough shots to kill them before like one random skill, like you know, Mora Orb flew by or a Baptiste right click and they were basically full again, right? Because they didn't even have to hit shot. It was like kind of AOE healing to the point where it wasn't fun for them to play. Those are the things that absolutely balancing towards them is the right call because it's going to make them the most money but in reality though svb i, I think is kind of right like we're not exactly the target audience in a lot of ways and i don't agree with it but i think that's kind of the route we've gone down and i would love to be wrong i'd love to be proven wrong on that but at the same time though one thing yeah i i think even though we are not the target audience which i actually do agree with um given that okay Oh, actually, I don't even know. It shouldn't be that way because you'd think the hardcore players are players that are grinding rank to playing the game all day and playing it way more often than someone just coming in after work. Those should be the people buying way more skins. Should be. I don't know if that's, mm -hmm. that's no, not how it works. That's though. not how it works. No, no. In terms of volume, that's not possible. But just real quick, I, I don't think that answers anything that I've said, to, to be fair. I, like, I think that it's like... I get what you're saying, but I don't think anything drives more sales. I just want to let his point, sorry. I, I did have one. Oh, yeah, I did have one. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, go, go, go. Yeah, my, my point that I was trying to make was the one thing I wanted to contest is like, okay, I still think the game would be better off for the lower ranks if they balance for the higher ranks. 
and that would just trickle down. Now, if there are outliers, like something's clearly broken, cool. That should be addressed, like Sam has said. But generally speaking, the what what even is meta at lower ranks is like not really a meta. People do random stuff and it's completely disorganized. I I truly don't even think a, a, a true meta really exists. And if they if people think it does exist, I would heavily contest whether that's true or not, because people way overestimate how important hero picks are and quote unquote meta is at those levels compared to like just a difference in skill level or something like that um so mm. yeah i i've no i've no proof for it other than like looking at other games idea. maybe but the i just i still truly believe that balancing for the high level still benefits a lower level even if they have target audience i think i know so, what i have a i have a guess of what that lower meta would look like you want a shield preferably <laughs> probably ryan you want as much healing as possible so people want moira anna or moira bap or anything that's gonna or moira mercy something that's gonna pump as much healing as possible because don't forget damage boost ain't really gonna be put in this equation and if mercy just heal bots the entire game you can actually do a lot of healing on mercy like raw numbers so and don't forget with the scoreboard too people want to be stat farmers because people are really afraid of getting flamed in overwatch like let's be honest with ourselves they do not want to be the person that's how, yelled how strict at every game. is this quote-unquote meta like how strict would you say bronze players have to stick to stuff like that because i would argue it's should be flexible enough that i would argue that most i would argue with stats and people want to farm their stats they want to have the big numbers on screen and they want to be able to, to to swing their dick around to the players near them like if they're if your tank is sitting there going i'm not getting any healing and you have ten thousand more healing than the guy on the other side you go shut up idiot i have ten thousand more healing than the person over there like like who do you think you're talking to you little shit you know what i mean like that like type of deal and so I would I would argue that mo they're gonna pick a shield, they're gonna pick the most damaging characters, your reapers, your junk rats, and they're gonna pick the biggest things with the most amount of healing numbers, so they can see the big numbers on the screen and see the big high numbers and fifty five kills per round and forty three thousand healing done, and then they're gonna screenshot it and be able to go on Twitter and nobody's gonna like the photo, but they're gonna <laughs> be able to show people, look at me, I had a game where I did sixty three thousand healing on Mercy what like you know what i mean like that's the stuff that i think that they're gonna go towards more than anything and it's not really meta it's more of like they're just picking things that they can play and pump yeah. the numbers as big as they can and i wouldn't say it's like they're picking like shields because uh you know shield is meta it's more of like okay like they have a junk rat like i don't want to get hit by a random mine if we don't have a shield i'm gonna get hit by something so we need to have a shield and it's like it's just it's just the perception of more healing, more damage, more protection from damage will be the meta, you know? And I in also, Overwatch 1, I used to do a lot of spectating. People used to play Rhinorissa. That was the meta. Whenever I talked about a team that wanted to win, like a team that was like, oh, this team wants to win now, Rhinorissa, every time, without fail. I also just want to add to that conversation. Firstly, I want to clarify that this isn't what I want for the game. This is just what I'm seeing. Well, like, I'm, I'm trying to tell you what I see from the grass from the you know the grass from the trees or whatever the, the phrase goes the forest from the trees like i'm, yeah, I'm just telling yeah, you yeah. what i see i'm not saying that this is what i want i'm telling you this is what oh, i yeah. see and this is how you must change your approach to understand otherwise you're going to pull your hair out secondly i think that there i agree with that it's not the meta like the meta is what do what people like picking that's the meta it's like i like 
picking Mercy and Moira. Like, that's literally it. It's not yeah. deeper so than so that. So it's not about what's it, OP. It's no, just, it's not it's about picking to win. This is the thing. This is the fundamental gap. Yeah. It's not about picking to win. It's about picking because I like the hero. Which, and, which is why I'm saying, like, the balance doesn't matter for them because they're just picking based on what they like to play. It's like, but no, you're, you're I'm, looking, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. No, no, yeah, I don't not. disagree with it. The balance doesn't matter, but you're talking about balance as in balance for the competitive edge to, to get the thing to win the game. What I think balance means at that elo is simply this thing doesn't just dominate me because it's the freest, easiest thing that everyone is playing. Which is frustrating because mm -hmm. we at the high end have that in a different way where we're like, yo, Sojourner, this is the freest, easiest thing that's being picked to dominate. But this is where I think this is why the devs look at the stats because it's so hard for any of us to impl like to implicitly understand what any, any elo is like because we're always going to be either in only one elo and therefore not able to access the others or we're moving, but we're moving upwards, and as we leave behind well, the lower emotes, we don't know. We're getting people from all the ranks in our rank game, so let's hold on a this second. This is true, very true, very true. <laughs> um, fair point. So that's why they look at the stats, because they're like, who, you know, when they say someone is performing well, I think when they say Genji's performing well, what they mean is he's getting picked enough, and he's winning enough. It's not about, like, is he the perfect, like, balanced version of himself? And I think it's the same when they go in bronze, when they're like, you know, Sojourn isn't winning enough. It's... It, that's what they what they probably looked at that and they're like maybe her win rate is 45% maybe her pick rate is really low and they're like no we don't want that we, let's let's try and find a way to, to fix that so that's that's the balance the balance is the experience of like the funness of it not the skill to reward curve yeah my, that's what I think it is so and I think that's what's happening so I think like that's why I'm like in the flats detached boat where I'm like, I'm just going to have fun with it, man. Like, I'm not going to sit here and argue about like, why is it 25% and not 30%? Because this is so clearly patently dumb. I'm just like, you know what? I think for the normal player, they're like, because I see so many people, I'm, you know, because you know, you guys know, I've been like ranting about this since day one. So many people came to me and be like, yeah, but I like it, SCB. Because like, they're not thinking about like what it does to the game. They're just like, yeah, but it's a nice little quality of life thing. Like when I want to swap, I can swap. It, it, that's as deep as it goes. It's not about like what does it do to the game. It's like, yeah, but it felt felt good to swap the thing. So I so I like. As long it, as so those same people then don't complain about any metas or picks and stuff. Oh, like they that. will. Don't you worry. Oh, they will. But but that's, oh, well, that's you the, can't you can't have it both ways. In you know. Well, they will. That's that's human nature. I'm afraid. Um, but we have ranted about this for a while, so I just want to I want to take it as any other thoughts before we kind of move on from. Uh, I just I I guess I hate human nature. Yes, I say. Real and true. True. All, all I'll say true. is, I I totally understand where you guys are coming from, but that's a very scary slope to go down. If it's at the point where your creators, like the people who have been grinding the game for a long time, are going to sit there and say, "Yeah, the better thing to do is not care." I, I I've not seen a product really thrive and and reach its potential with with that kind of mentality. And if that's where we, we're left to go, it's a very scary slope. Let me fire back at you something for real quick, Sam. Go for it. Go for it. Give me a reason to care. Give you a reason to care about the product, about the game. You don't. You don't have to answer, but like Blizzard can answer. Give me a reason to care, because at the moment there isn't one. There's no point in ranked. Nobody yeah. cares about the rank system. Nobody understands how top 500 works. Nobody knows how to rank up or rank down. There's no cool perks. You get the top 500 title in which every quick play of mystery heroes arcade or even ranked game you get in, you get people go, "What the heck? Why am I playing with top 500 players?" And then they basically like. How it works in Apex, where people chase your trails. It's gonna. It happens the same thing probably to to people that are not content creators of the top 500 thing. They probably have quick play players trying to kill the top 500 player. There's no bonuses. There's no rewards. There's nothing to grind for. There's no rewards for like 
even the old skins are all like what 19 bucks a piece you can't earn legacy coins there is nothing to actually grind for and work for in the game at all and that's Zero. why i feel soulless across I, that's the board say. that's what so I, there I, I agree. is not a reason to care there's not a thing to work towards you know what i'm working towards right now sam i'll, I'll be honest with you oh god i'm working towards getting the mystery heroes title for 500 mystery heroes wins that's what i've got on my agenda once that's gone like what? i don't even have anything to, to do like at that point well already top 500 yeah i could go for top 100 on all roles but i really just don't care like you know, if I play comp, it's half the time people are out of voice, don't talk, or half the time people are flaming, or the other half of the time I can't even play with my friends. We still can't stack, and every time I bring that up, that's a new meme. So I stop talking about it, and then everyone stopped talking about it, and everyone goes back, goes, man, it's really sad that I can't play with my friends. Yeah, no shit. Like it's 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 you you talk about you talk about the lower rank players, you know, not being that are having a good time, and it's like, well, they should cater more towards what? us. We, we got left behind years it's, ago. This is what I'm saying. Dude, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm, it's already I'm happened though. It happened years flip. ago. I'm gonna flip. I, here's what I'll take. Since there's nothing, since we all know there's nothing to work for in this game right now. Nothing. Now I hit rank one combined in season one. Didn't care after that. Dunzo walking Jay silly in, in in quick play. All right. If there's no point to care. And the reason why we couldn't stack was because it wasn't fair. Then why can't we stack? Like, like I'm they not, will not admit to you, Sam, that, that there's not a reason to not care. That's the point. Like, there's supposed to be the illusion because, that you're supposed I'll, I'll to care. I'll answer Sam's question but it's not because, true. because it would cause a statistical imbalance, and that's again because remember we had Gavin on this podcast explain that thing. He's gonna be like, from a statistical point of view, how do we match make your try hard rank one two three four five? stack against anyone in ladder at that point Give in time. Give them a three hour long queue like the tank queues are now. There you go! Done! Like, uh, a, well, there is no way, but even, even, yeah, but even three hours later, how can you match them? Because they're ranked here's, one, here's two, three, my four, answer. five. Here's, here, here's my answer. Okay, you want to say that there's a statistical imbalance? Yeah, there's a statistical imbalance when I'm getting a diamond challenger Moira one trick on my team getting farmed by the entire top 500 team. Don't give me statistical uh, uh, Sam, nothing. Sam, they're Don't MMRs actually at your nothing. level, so that's, that's a true, skill Sam. issue. Don't She's grown. Growth. Growth. Hashtag growth. That's the point, She's though. better. We're she not got better. It's all a skill issue. It's all ah. in the behind the scenes. You need a literal degree in Overwatch that you've been studying this game for six years, like like this group has. I tried to make a video explaining to people how the rank system works, and they still didn't get it. You know why? Because I watched it back, and I sounded like a psychopath trying to explain to people about magic numbers that you get to see and you don't get to see that actually don't matter versus your rank. But at some point, if you win enough games, they will become aligned. But that doesn't happen until, like, 35 games or so down the line. And losses actually grew for less rank up because the MMR is carrying, depending on how far in the season you get. Like, it's just like, you, got, you must sound like a psycho. You are a psycho. I'm a psycho <laughs> at that point. Ranked. Of course we're nobody, psycho. We'd have nobody to knows. Nobody it. cares. Nobody like you can't explain this, and I can't explain it. If I can't explain it, nobody can. Like literally, nobody can. Not because it's an ego thing, but literally because if we've been explaining this game for so many years and we can't break it down to someone, <laughs> not only are we failing, but the system has far, like far and beyond failed. So what's the point of caring? What's the point of getting invested? What's the point of going all in? Because it's just going to disappoint you, and, and it's just going to fuck you at the end of the day. Hell, never quit. We, you, you know, you know, for you know, like competitive capture the flag came out. We couldn't stack for competitive capture the flag. <laughs>
We couldn't three stack. That's we Elon and Siegel couldn't That's three stack. Real. Competitive capture the flag because our Overwatch one MMR for capture the flag four years ago is still in effect. Last year I was not able to play Lucio Ball with Emog and J3 because our GM MMR in ranked was literally destroying our Lucio Ball ability to play together. Give me a reason to care, Sam. There Jay is, is like bronze on Lucio. I've seen it. Like, you know, that it should be exist. way lower. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Come to the dark side. You will last longer. Your career will last longer. Your brain will last longer. I can't quit. And to be honest I, don't, I, I can't do it. Like, I can't. It depends can't. on what you want in life, Sam. It's what you want uh, in life. Do you want to right now? Do you want mental health? Term, if you want to live to see PVE someday, it's the way to go. Dude, I just, I was do you want SR or do you want mental health? Not quitting, it's survival. <laughs> it's it's ah survival Sam. No, no, I mean that was, so, that was legendary. I love that. Yeah, I mean this is the thing. Like actually this leads us nicely to another part that was mentioned <laughs> in the blog, which is that yeah, they said they're gonna look at that because the rank system is unclear to anyone. Honestly, it's it's just it's just a mess. I I also want to bring yeah, I mean any thoughts on that? I mean we don't know. What the fuck do we know they're gonna do? I don't know the what they're gonna system? do. Who knows? I don't know what they're fucking gonna do. Maybe they'll lower the number of like wins. I don't just know. Restore it to Overwatch one. They're that's, never gonna do that. They already that's said they're never, never gonna happen. Never gonna do that. Oh, we're never all just do that. We're all just fucked. They're never gonna do that. I mean, again, it's it's quite clear as well because like hero bands, I know Jared, uh I believe he's he's one of the he's the new executive producer of Overwatch. Um, he was saying like, you know, we're not going to look at hero bands because like we got other stuff to figure out first. So it's like those things aren't going to happen. I, and I, I kind of want to dwell actually on, on what Flats brought up, which is that like, yeah, the PV. I talked about this in my video as well, but it's like another reason why I'm telling uh, this is my message. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to get hate for it, but I'm OK with this because I'm doing it for your guys mental health. I promise you. You need to you need to join the side that Flats and I are now. Just don't give a fuck, because if you do, you will burn your mental health. And a year from now, the real content is going to come out, which is the PVE. Like a year from now, when the PVE starts dropping, I promise you, even if it's not like a masterpiece, even if it's just like a seven out of ten, which I'm pretty sure Blizzard could deliver at least a seven out of ten PVE experience as it starts. Again, we know it's going to be like a trickle trickle feed. This fun. game. This gonna game is gonna be known for its PVE. Mm. Like people are gonna play for the PVE, and at that point in time, when you're the guy who's yelling about like Sojourn's railgun damage, you're you're just gonna be yelling into the ether. You're gonna look like a madman. Like you're just gonna look like you're unhinged already. We already are unhinged. But you're just gonna people are gonna look at you and they're gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" Like I I give the analogy. Like I gave I gave this analogy in my video where it's like I I used to really follow Hearthstone. Like when Hearthstone came out, I got really into it as a game. Like, I, I got to, like, the rank one. Not not literally the number one player, but I got to, like, rank one in Hearthstone in the traditional deck-built, pre-built deck mode. And then they started releasing a bunch of, like, RNG mechanics. They started releasing a bunch of cards that were, like, discover a random card. And, like, the entire game literally became, like, you would build a deck that was built to, to generate as many RNG cards as possible so that you could hit the lottery eventually and get the one card that would win you the game. And that was the entire meta of like the proper Hearthstone mode. And I knew then that it was an absolute clown fiesta that it wasn't meant to be taken seriously and I quit. And then like two years later, they released Battlegrounds, which is what the mode that the majority of the people now enjoy Hearthstone for Battlegrounds, which is it's an auto-battler. It's complete RNG, like not complete, there's a lot of skill to it, but there's like large amounts of RNG. You get hit with a 2% loss, doesn't matter. You draw your random cards, doesn't matter. You get a random choice of hero, doesn't matter because it's fucking fun. 
It's fucking fun. You throw in. I play it while I'm cooking. I do like one turn, then I go chop some fucking vegetables. Then I do another turn, and I go cook those fucking vegetables. It's fun. I can play it on the go. I can do whatever. And that is the core experience. And I saw early, like earlier this month, Hearthstone released like some statement about what they're doing with their esports scene. And they were like, basically, they've like dumpstered the prize pool. And all these Hearthstone pros were like, ah, Hearthstone, Blizzard, why don't you care? Why don't you care about the competitive Hearthstone esports? And I just looked at that and I was like, Hearthstone esports? Hearthstone esports? We what fucking crack are you guys smoking? Like five years later, you guys still think Hearthstone esports? Like, I feel sorry for those suckers that they still sit there and they're like, Hearthstone esports, why don't you care about... Nobody cares! Because everyone's playing fucking Battlegrounds! Like, and it that's what I, I don't want you guys to be in that position. I don't want you to be guys to be those guys two years later who are like, pro Overwatch competitive balance. And they're just like, we're just fucking vibing on the PVE, my guy. You know, real. Something you said in that, that, that kind of sparked this really, really fast. Cause I gotta, I gotta run the bathroom real quick for a sec. But yeah, yeah, yeah. before I do, uh, there's a, there's a clip of Tim to the tap man in, in talking about Warzone. And he said that he was having dinner with like the top of the Warzone execs. Like they run the game. And like executive and like game side. He was talking about he doesn't like the RNG in the game. And they said, You don't like RNG in your battle royale? And he was just like, What? Like <laughs> he was like, he was just so blown away by what they said. That reminds me a lot of what you you're talking about. And it's like, dude. Time, time to start finding some time to start just just, just toning it down and just having a good time and vibing out. All right. And uh, vibe, vibe, flaps now vibes out towards the bathroom. I mean, Avril, you haven't yep. spoken in a while. I just seen your face look incredulous. This well, I used to time. play Hearthstone as well. I I reached rank three again, not number three in the world. You, it's have you yeah, have basically fun ranks up ranks. to one, and then you go to Legend, which is like they're immortal. So you have yeah, actual ranking. Yeah, and that's and that's Legend is like the actual. I was going to say top five hundred is for more than five hundred. It's like anyway, it's a leaderboard, yeah. the official highest leaderboard. Yeah, I, I just the, the fact that you reminded me, Hearthstone. I'm like, yeah, holy shit, maybe this is it. Maybe this is just how Blizzard games are. They just, they follow the same trajectory. It's just uh, it's on it's on it's on a repeating cycle. Time is a flat circle. Right? So That's is the earth, by the way. Though. Hashtag flat earth. Uh, no, I mean, I'm telling you, man, I saw, I, I, I seen, I seen the light. Like, I, I've seen it now because I was like raging. I was like, uh, why do they make these decisions? Why do they keep leaving in these like bizarre changes? And then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm just that guy for Overwatch, but you know, I, like that Hearthstone guy, but for Overwatch. Like, I'm just losing my mind I gotta for no be, reason. I gotta be real careful to check myself and not be a Dunning Kruger about this, but I'm like, to me, it just seems so simple. And I know that's like, possibly a really dumb thing to say because i'm not a game dev none of us are game devs and i'm sure none of it actually is that simple but when we talk about it we we talk about reasons like okay why the you know alt uh alt charge 30 percent retention thing is not healthy for the game and why going to 25 doesn't do anything like it sounds so simple when we talk about it and i'm i'm trying extremely hard to check myself and be like maybe it's not that simple maybe maybe i'm oversimplifying it and then i'm like no, maybe I don't. I I I don't think I am. I think it really is just that simple. So it gives me this false sense of hope that actually they could just fix it. They could just fix it. They could, and they might. Well, I'm not saying they'll never make good decisions. What I'm trying to tell you is that they will make yeah. inexplicable decisions. They will make decisions that look bizarre to you. That you're like, what? Oh, actually, the I fuck? figured it out. I got yes. a solution. I got a solution. Mm -hmm. So when the PVE finally comes out, 
all the casual players will flock to the PvE and they'll stop getting entitled and complaining about the balance of the game in bronze. And then the game oh. can finally balance to be competitive. Oh, figured it out. There, there better go. be a leaderboard for PvE. Whatever, whatever gets you to sleep at night, Avril. Whatever lets you sleep at night. Flat, Flats was literally huffing the, the copium I saw. Sam? Boys, I haven't gotten that red in a while. That was a this that, this is a banger episode today. All right, I'm getting some water. Let's keep this thing There's some going. Good, there was some good rants in there. I enjoyed uh, it. There yeah, was some good rants. There was some good rants. I mean, let's see what else was there mentioned in the in the blogs. So there was oh, there was one shots. Avril, Avril, your favorite topic. Uh, they said we're yeah, looking yeah. one shots is something we're looking at and the frequency of those mechanics, trade offs, the power also, level. Also, we're buffing the rocket punch again. Did they say Did that? that? No, oh, but right. that's, I was but worried that's the irony. It's like, I was worried for that's, that's, that's the irony is just like, oh yeah, you know, one shots, but then they like they just keep buffing Rocket Punch. Yeah. I mean it it seems redundant to even mention this now, considering the conversation we just had, but like, do you think they will what when you when when they say we're looking at one shots, like what do you think their solution might be? Or what what do you think it should be, perhaps? It was a better was a better question. Well, I think the solution should be line. Widowmaker should be the only hero that can reliably have those one-shots because she's that... I think if you don't have it, a sniper hero just... She's hard enough to play as it is. I don't mind Widowmaker having that ability, but, like, Sojin doesn't need it. Hog doesn't need it. Um, I know you, Widow's think... actually pretty strong. I think she's. I think she's really strong. I think she's mm -hmm. easier. In the hands of... In the hands, uh, the hands of, of, like... of the right players, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think can, the... I, can I ask you guys something, too? Go for it. What would you guys think? I didn't like this at first about reverse fall off on Widow. So, we actually, in one of the patches that I had you guys do in Overwatch 1, I gave reverse fall off to, I, I can't remember if it was Def Widow as well, but definitely gave it to Hanzo. And I remember Arg was just like, maybe, this is the thing that when you make a drastic change, people just don't like it anyways. But I remember Arg was like, dude, this feels awful, SCB. Like, anytime someone gets close to me, I'm just like a powerless well, Hanzo's hero. Hanzo's mid range. That's, that's why. But I was wondering. I think the best thing to do for Widow would be, like, if she takes damage while grappling, it's interrupted. Because you can't have a hero have... Like, my problem with her is mobility. Like, I don't want to dumpster the identity of the hero. But, you know, back back in Minecraft, and we were doing Mindplex Champions, um, with, on the Archer kit, we had a passive called Longshot. And every, like, three blocks, the equivalent of three meters, the arrow went. It added, like, it ramped damage. And so I was wondering if something like that would work with Widow. And I, I couldn't really think of an answer. So I was just curious what you guys would think about something like that. Well... The problem, though, Widow, is, like, it's going to be very much a high-level problem, right? Like, Yeah. And also, honestly, more, more of, like, a Smurf stomping problem, right? Like, the, people are not going to bump into most... Most of the time, are not going to bump into amazing Widowmakers unless it's just, like, some random person doesn't actually play Overwatch that much who's just, like, ex like incredibly skilled aiming but doesn't play, like, the game that often, so they're not very high rank, which is very rare. Or people that are, like, basically smurfs pub stomping right like they're they're intentionally going down to roll some lobbies on widow because people walk in straight lines and they don't know how to play cover and stuff like that but point is though is like as you get your way up people learn how to play cover better they learn how to uh walk with their tank which is like the big one uh they learn how to uh, uh basically have better movement right like your movement is basically your best tool against widowmaker in higher level play right like because you have to peak to play the game you can't sit there and cover all day long if you don't have a shield or don't have someone disrupting the widow it's free sightline so like you gotta peak at some point because your tank's trying to take some space so you gotta like you know support them heal them whatever it might be so like your movement's pretty important right like not being predictable is pretty important like 
you know, like those people who peek the same angle every time. You're a free kill for a good Widowmaker. Like they just know you're going to peek that spot. You're basically already dead. Um, but those are much more high level things. But I also think that people maybe will have to come to terms with with Overwatch having one less tank. You know, in Overwatch one, it was a lot more dealable. You had the t- you had double shield for a long time, uh, in which D- Widow was actually meta for a little bit when it was double sniper. Um, but you also had just more pressure from the, the double tank lineup. There was more things to do. The tank role already has a lot to do. You have to keep the other tank in check, right? If you don't keep the other tank in check, then they can just murder your whole team. Um, basically, like, run them down. But if you try to go run into their team, they all turn for you. You, you're, you can't do that either. So there's not, like, the whole you can't run past and go run for the Widow. You can kind of, like, poke them out, whatever. But there's also not many shields either. So it's like, you know... I honestly think, this is my genuine opinion, it's going to come down to some of the maps need some reworking or changing. Because this current season's map pool, which by the way, map pools is dog shit. Let's put that out there. This this season's map pool, yeah, this season's map pool was very heavily favored towards Widowmaker. Like, you basically, once every few games played on a map that Widow was going to dominate you on. If you wrote, if you load into Circuit Royale and they have a good widow and you don't, you already lost. You load into it. Junkertown and they have a good widow and you do not, you've pretty much already lost. Like there are maps in Overwatch that if they have a really good widowmaker, they can literally just beat you. And that's it. The game's over from the start screen. And that feels terrible. So the the question becomes do you keep the one shot of Widow or there need to be better ways to deal with her? And I think that I lean more towards I wouldn't like to see Widow's one shot removed. I don't mm-hmm. think that more shields is the answer, but there needs to be more counterplay for players to be able to deal with it. Like, how do you deal with on Circuit Royale a really good Widowmaker right now? Like on first point, you know, you have the really long sightline of the first part, but that's not even the scary sightline. Scary sightline is when you turn the corner on first. Yeah. And now you have to fight on the corner in which they have uh, the little like room that's on the left. They have the actual corner. They have the high ground. And then they also have all the way up the ramp to play, which is where the supports typically play when you push like towards the end of first. There's so many angles you have to look for. And their widow doesn't have to peek you. She can kind of like glance through the bottom of the rails to look where people are really fast. And then either go for a hook shot or look for a peek. And you have to be doing all these things. You have to be either healing your, 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 your tank. You have to be looking to do damage to, to their tank, to their DPS, whatever it is. There's too many things for you to be looking for. And their Widow can end the fight in one shot. One shot. Like, yeah. one good pick wins you the fight because you can't push it anymore. Because it's so defensively heavy up front on that tank matchup. Your tank will not push them out. There's a corner there that's, like, at the end of first, there's, like, a little corner in the niche of, uh, or in the niche of, like, you know what I'm talking about the end, like where that little room is. There's a yeah. corner you can stand in that contests that you have to basically swing all the way out from the 90 degree angle to be able to damage them. So that means you'd have to step from where you're safe, like behind, like the around the corner, all the way through the street, behind like the cover that's like you know on the bend there, just to be able to do damage to the tanks, right? Like you're never gonna be able to do that, especially as a squishy, and the widow can punish you in one shot. So it's like the only way you win that is either the Widow doesn't get kills, so you're relying on them to suck, which is not good gameplay, or two, you are relying on your Widow to be better than them, which is good gameplay for the Widows, but terrible for everybody else because now you have no impact. So what do you do? 
my answer is as I wish there was more places to stand or more ways to like more pieces of cover or there was more ways to like interrupt um her sight lines than having to like walk through no man's land. Junkertown's the same way where you just get these free fire shots. Dorado seconds another good example as well where fighting against a good widowmaker on Dorado seconds it's just hell. It's just not fun. Um so if you wanted to keep the 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 actual one shot, I think that the maps need some serious overhaul for the sniper maps in particular. Um, even then, though, would that be enough? Don't know. I think also one thing to note is I think Widow got, technically got three or four indirect buffs, if you think about it. One, her health nerf got reverted, which I don't know why that happened. I won't lie. Maybe, like, the, the bronzes were struggling, but oh well. Two, the, the DPS passive being changed took away the movement snowball from the DPS heroes. Genji got dumpstered, and also Sombra is just like unpickable right now because of a lot of reasons we can talk about. So I think indirectly too, should that and the map pool, like you said. So it's just it's definitely becoming a problem in ranked at least. Um, but I was just curious y'all's thoughts. So sorry for sidetrack. No, so, no to I go back to the whole. I guess I guess we're talking about one shots. Go ahead, Avril. Sorry. Yeah, so let's like go back to the one shot discussion. I think generally speaking, one shots don't believe in an arena FPS. That's my honest belief. Um, and they've. Most, a lot of the things that have been unfun about this game in Overwatch 1, Overwatch 2, um, I mean, I, I think the one-shots have definitely been fairly unfun. And most people, if they died or one-shot, it's never felt fair or fun. I guess if, you're, if you can at least respect high-level play, you'd be like, well, maybe that would make us really good, and then I respect the mechanics, but it just doesn't really feel like a good part of the game. But um, there's, there's a level of one-shots I'm willing to tolerate, and there's a lot that I'm not. And, and by one shot as well, just like I think really high burst because someone would be like, well, technically she's not a one shot, but like, you know, you're tickled um, down a little like, bit and then yeah. you die. So like yeah. a, a extremely high level of burst is what we're talking yeah. about, which yeah. I think is, yeah. I think is, is as accurate. And I do I concur with, with Flats's point about, I don't know if, I don't know how much was deliberate about the set of map pools where I don't know if they were deliberately like, let's, you know, because season one was like at the start of season one was like a lot of dive and they were like, let's let's give hit scan their moment but like yeah this like combination of all the maps they picked is really just sniper love sniper meta um i do i will acknowledge deku in chat who's been bringing her propaganda about like 5v5 is worse than 6v6 just bring back two tanks uh and also her her awful take about havana being a good map that i just that's, that's <laughs> absolute smoke i i will um, say if we want to i want to i want to ask sam sam you've been doing some 6v6 testing right like how's it been going so let, let me like you kind of have to explain a little bit here so yeah what's a 6v6 I, I, test so i personally like 6v6 more because i like doing more in the game and i like a lot of the hero interactions i think it allows for more heroes to be played that doesn't mean that 5v5 is awful for the game. Now, if the issues that we were concerned about with 5v5, i.e. the one-shots, when the game's slower, et cetera, et cetera, obviously that feels worse. I just, I miss a lot of the hero interactions of 6v6. I miss, like, the tempo of it. And I think if it had been addressed differently, it's, it's kind of water under the bridge because, like, I, it, I know it's just going to have to stay in customs. Like, I'm not expecting it to come back. I'm not even making a push for it to come back. But I just think in hindsight, I think in Overwatch where you can do more is better because it raises the skill ceiling of the game and allows like just more options like i'm telling you playing junker queen as an off tank guys so much fun so much fun i loved it i like i think like, it was just so like i don't know what it was about it but i just had so much fun doing that and i was like this is a totally different style of queen 
that I'm playing here because I have another tank. And, like, I was comboing Shout with my Rhyme for his pushes. And actually, because Shout increases movement speed, we weren't actually having to run Lucio. Um, but I, could, I can't really change the cooldowns how I'd like because of limitations in, uh, in, in the custom game. But I will say I had a lot of fun. Um, to me, it kind of is water under the bridge. But I, I definitely miss that kind of aspect of the game. And I just like being able to do more. And that's just kind of my personal preference. I like, I like it when the skill ceiling of the game is higher and there's more things to get rewarded from. But as you guys kind of said, that's not really a direction that the game has been taken. Um, obviously, because they, they want to get the everyday player, and then 5v5 definitely suits that better because there's less to learn. Um, so it's it's more so a matter of preference, but I, I loved it. I, I, I really liked off tank Doom was so much fun. Like playing Ana, like I just felt like I was I was penciled in. Like I felt I had a different level of focus to me when just playing even in viewer games when like I, I don't know, it was a lot of information taken. I just enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's, it's, let... it's all preference, really. Yeah, it really is yeah. just all preference. I kind of have, yeah. I'll, I'll just say what I I, I think that uh, the reason I'm like uh, bringing this topic up is because I think that it's it, it's a natural instinct. I think when there's frustrations with Overwatch two to to go back and be like, well, Overwatch one, you know, Overwatch one was better. And I'm not saying that's what Sam is saying, but I've just seen other people say like, Overwatch one was better, and you know, six v six was better. Like, let's just go back to what we had. But I think like yeah, I think the important thing is that like just because we have grievances with what they've done with Overwatch 2 doesn't necessarily mean that the previous answer was the better one, much like the loot box system, where it's like, that was also bad, guys. Let's just find a better system now. I feel like they just, the problem, the real, real problem, and actually this is something that's worth talking about. There has been too many heroes have just been left by the wayside for Overwatch 2 yeah. and too many problems that haven't really been meaningfully like addressed. I think a great example is like Sombra in May, and I bring this up because I, I, I try to, like, do some work for my man Fitzy, who's just, like, I feel like having a miserable time. Yeah. I don't even see him playing Overwatch anymore. But, like, his two heroes are just, like, they're just not, like, they're not ready for Overwatch 2. And I think this speaks to what Sam was saying earlier about, like, they, they just don't... I hate to say it, but, you know, they don't know what's the problem with the heroes. Like, when they try to change them, they just don't understand fundamentally. Because they made this big hoo-ha about, we're going to rework Sombra for Overwatch 2. Here you go, Invis hack and all this stuff. Oh, turns out that's giga dumb. Turns out that's like really bad, really frustrating, like mechanic. So then, like, was it was it even? Ha it was like half a season of the launch of the game that they advertised. It was one of the first major advertising points of Overwatch Two was the rework to Sombra and Bastion. I remember, and they went back on it basically to dumpster the hero. Not back in since reverse the mechanic, but they dumpster the hero to the point where they're like, we have to rework her again now. And apparently, maybe season four you know, they'll address it. Because I feel like, again, it's like it's so far back on their priority list to be like, oh yeah, that Brig Rally rework. Yeah, maybe season four, guys. I know we've been talking about it since like beta one, but like maybe see maybe literally a year later we'll have figured out what to do with this hero. And I think that's the real reason we feel these frustrations of like, you know, oh my God, two tanks was better. Or like, why is this Widowmaker sightline so oppressive? Because like certain maps, we just didn't account for the fact that like, yeah, now there's less shields. Widowmakers are going to dominate. So I'm curious about... Uh, uh, let's take it to Avril. I mean, what is the solution here? I will just have to give more deliberate thought to like how certain heroes transfer to a 5v5 Overwatch 2 environment. Uh, there's just like... There's some holdover stuff. I feel like there's... It's obvious to say there's stuff that's been overlooked. But, for example, I actually had a conversation with, uh, with a friend of mine who, who only plays this game mega casually and they're like a big ryan player and they're like man when's ryan gonna get better i'm like i don't know that ryan can get that much better in this game because uh 
I gotta be careful here because Flights is a big Ryan guy. I don't want to say something wrong, but it's like no, you're not wrong. I, I feel like I feel like you, Ryan was kind of good in Overwatch one with a lot of help from the off tank. Two tanks working together makes both the tanks way way better than you know. This is kind of the the problem with balancing tanks in Overwatch one. So you know, there's the you have to be careful the roasting glasses here as well for people that want to go back to six v six. Is like you know tanks compounding with each other in terms of their strengths made the character select screen insanely you know uh decisive for who wins what game based on like if the tank duos actually pick something that synergize um so there's holdovers like that where i feel like ryan's just obviously just in a super weird place because there's a solo tank you don't have the support from the off tank sombras it just seems like on paper okay, you want to remove the CC from, you want to reduce the CC or remove the CC, so the whole hack thing is going to get reduced so that you have only have, what, like less than a second in, in the actual silence, but then the inverse hack, and then you increase the damage, and other other parts of the kit just start to feel annoying to play against. Um, and also, Sombra is, just feels like another 6v6 hero that they've put into the 5v5 doesn't really work. Um, a, a hero that was way better in the 6v6, not just because of the six second hack but like why that was important in a much slower game with a lot more stalemates with you know a b far more abilities to actually lock down and all that kind of stuff there's just oversights in bringing heroes that seems like they've been left behind at 6v6 and clearly don't have a place in 5v5 yet flats well, don't forget, Brian probably has this extremely high win rate and pick rate in bronze, so... Oh, there goes that idea. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, Avril's kind of nailing it, to be honest with you. Uh, there's not a whole lot we can really do, uh, but at the same time, though, it's also hard to not feel like... Uh, or, like, I guess, feel like it kind of looks like most of the the patches and stuff is just response to community talk which isn't a bad thing um but when it's the only thing those are how those characters get left behind because let's be honest with ourselves if you have to deal with either a absolutely obnoxious dominant sombra sombra or sombra just not even existing most people are gonna pick sombra not even existing and i'm one of them i will proudly stand on that hill and say Hey, I don't like playing against Sombra. It's annoying as shit. It has very little counterplay, and it's gimmicky, and I don't think it really fits this game at all. And I'll stand proudly on that hill. And to be honest with you, I feel bad for the Sombra players not being able to play their game, their their character. But I'm also a Rhine player and, 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 a, and a main tank player. Nobody ever cared when my stuff wasn't meta or wasn't playable. So honestly, tough shit. Um, it just isn't really good for the game. Yeah, it needs a rework, but I think it's going to be one of those... Can't, like they're just gonna kick the can down the the road because nobody talks about it. Like how many bronze players are up in arms right now about Sombra, right? How many high level players are up in arms about Sombra right now? You can probably count it on this hand. You know what I mean? Like so, if they only have so many resources, and like we already talked about, they're already taking so long to do anything that we want that they're already ten steps behind, and they're trying to catch up on matchmaking ranked and regular balance patches 
characters like Sombra that are literally a problem and they need to like sit down and try to figure out how to make this character not awful to play against and to play are just going to get pushed away. Same thing with May. But I bet if Ryan Rush became meta, May would probably become talked about again. I guarantee you. Um, but the, actually, the point is kind of good. I, keep that one to yourself, Sam. I'm trying not to spray any spread any May propaganda. Um, point is though, it already is, it already appears from the outside to me. It's very much catch up, trying to like catch up to like what people are talking about and trying to catch up to like whatever's kind of going on. And that's not necessarily bad because I would rather that than just ignoring it and trying to do what you think is right because that is always shown in the past to be incorrect. Um. But at the same time, though, I'm not that surprised. And if I have those two options on the table, you know which one I'm taking any day of the week. I think I think this, again, speaks quite clearly to, like, resources, like dev resources, right? Because this, this is what I was alluding to earlier. So like, you know, when, when the PvE comes out, and I, I could be wrong, maybe the PvE will also be awful and, and no one's got any resources. And there's just no devs wow. around, apparently, despite whatever, whatever you know, they said about recruiting a bunch of new devs. I think the likelihood is the majority of the dev resources are going on PvE, and they're having to kind of make do. And pr I think it's all about priority, right? I think, I think that's true of game devving at any level. No matter how many game devs you have, mm. you got to prioritize, like, this is our highest priority. This has to go on the back burner. And obviously, you know, people are like, Activision are making so much money. Why can't they? Well, they haven't given Team 4 that resource. But, like, I, here's a thought experiment, which is, like, if... Sombra was Mercy levels of popular, would she get changed? Absolutely, yep. right? Like immediately, like, immediately. Think, about, think about the betas, right? We went through like three different super jumps in just the betas because they probably knew before Watch 2 launches, we got to get this hero to be fun so that our, you know, incredibly popular hero gets played and people aren't angry. And I, I do feel bad because I like Flats, I also severely disliked because I started playing Watch 2 on Zen, I played. I was like, I want to play Zen a lot. I was like, oh, guess what? This fucking invis character hacks you and kills you before you could turn around. So like, I wasn't having fun with that. But it's kind of really disgusting in many ways to just have like this hero just be like, you know what? Well, nobody really plays her, so fuck him, I guess. It's, it's bad. It, it's, there's no integrity in that, in my opinion. And like, a lot of the arguments you see me make is like. I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the years that I value in gaming is game integrity. I value that a lot when it comes to game balance, when it comes to that. And it, obviously it's not in a good spot. And I've told you what the problem with Sombra is, in my opinion. It's the perma stuff. The perma stuff never should have been a thing because it baits the low-ranked players to think they're doing something when they're not. And it, that's why one of the big reasons why her win rate is so low and that it's hard for them to duel. I don't even understand why hack needs to necessarily disable anything on the other team. Even if just for one second, I would rather maybe say, oh, the Sombra hacks somebody, she can do 25% more damage, whatever it is. There's something that you can do, but the perma stealth has to go. It just baits people. It's not a fun mechanic. And hacking one in stealth, it doubled down on the bad mechanic that made it so frustrating. There's no way you can do that right. No way. It's, a, it's an endless trap. Again, it's a bottomless pit for, for the developers. And this is where we're going to sympathize with them. Like, it's, you can't solve that. Like, you have to understand, sometimes it's sunk cost. Like, that idea, it's just, it's just not going to work. It's not going to be good for the game. And it's okay. Change it up. Get, get aggressive. That's what I really want to see. I want to see these aggressive changes. That's That was so frustrating to me. It's like, okay, this patch, it kind of seemed like, oh, well, we're going to react, kind of like what Flat said. But we need, if we want to lead, proactivity, right? And that's what I really just want to see. I want to see some aggressive, fun stuff that would come, not be game-breaking, but just spice it up. Throw some, uh, I, I had a pad tie last night. Throw some spices in there, dude. Like, literally, put it, I put it up to six or seven. It was good. With, like, throw the spice in there. Get the jalapenos, you know, light it up. It's just going to be fun. 
it's it's the hesitation like you you've seen the 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 dev blog stuff here is i'm going to bring up the 30 percent to 25 thing again sorry but it's just that it's just like you know what we're just going to do the tiniest little wrist slap and that's it it's just such extreme levels of hesitation to try and go a little bit further like sam says i don't know get spicy with it i feel like you know the the hesitation just isn't working it's not helping i think this is where i will like you know try and play devil's advocate which is i, th I think the reason they're hesitant is is because a alec dawson the new lead hero designer is new i think they're just scared honestly like i think they're just oh, scared absolutely of us. yeah it comes they're from a place of fear because they, they don't want it they the the concern is like oh what if we make a zero percent and the game's worse but i mean i i think yeah it's time, it's time more anyway. no one cares anymore anyway so bronze players are having fun that's all yeah uh, yeah Damn. and i guess some people will look at us and say you guys got your comeuppance because you wanted like free to play but again i think the counter response would be well it doesn't have to be this way it doesn't have to be quite it's still good wait what well, as in, like yeah. you wanted, you wanted to appeal to the the largest like pockets, the bronze player. So this is what you get. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. That's just it's a, yeah, nothing to do with each other. Mm -hmm. It's backwards just, logic. Again, I okay. I feel like other games that are free to play don't nearly have these problems where it's you know the game feels like it's I don't do I just accuse the game of being held hostage by low ranked you know balancing what it is now has been I feel like i feel like apex doesn't have this problem i don't think league of legends has this problem so like what's going on it's just overwatch well i would yeah. i bet there'd be people that would argue that apex is actually dying because it's not it didn't listen to its lower level community so like a good example of that is like um gold res right like people a lot of the low rank players like the regular nine to five get out of work playing a few games of apex before you go to sleep kind of to kind of people loved the self-res idea because you had terrible teammates who didn't play with you so you could get a gold res run around the map just have a good time and then when you went down in a mid fight and your teammates left you because they're not trying to be helpful they're just trying to get some kills themselves that you just crawl away and you res yourself and that was awesome to them that was a good time like you didn't have to rely on these other people but in high level play gold res gave you the biggest shield in the game like you were you know you had like 900 or something self shield and I remember there was actually a game I played uh, of Apex way back when. It was like me and Emong and Karku. And it was like Karku was one HP and a team of three was trying to kill us. We were both down. We started playing double shield until he healed up to fall. <laughs> we're like, we've been playing this for years, dude. Who do you think you guys are getting through? You know, like it was funny as shit. But point is, the high level community said it was bad for the game because you do get these last circle rings where like one guy is alive and there's three guys with self-res and they're crawling and they're all holding shield and you can't jump over and kill them because the circle is going to kill you so the guy who actually was alive loses because when the circle closes he didn't have self-res and he dies and the ones that had self-res just last long enough on the ground that you know it's just rng whoever won whoever had the most health while they were down and it was unhealthy bad gameplay and it really was but they changed it and they've changed it a few i think it changed a couple times and now it's like uh uh I don't, remember, I don't remember what they changed it to i think it's like you still have the the gold shield but like you heal faster i don't know they changed it to something else and their, the casual community got up in arms about it and was like this is awful like you just removed like one of the most fun parts of the game for people and they've done that a few times and their numbers are down by a good amount i'm pretty sure so i feel like there's people that could argue both ways on that 
Um, but I do agree with you that Overwatch could probably get away with it. My camera going to what the? Is it just me? You entered the yeah, dark yeah, ages. Yeah, you're good. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I think things there like Sojourn's one shot, right? Like that's not plaguing bronze. Like we can deal with that. Um, but like you know, like let's say we wanted to make Reinhardt meta and wanted to, to buff Reinhardt. Well, if you buffed Reinhardt, he probably would destroy the bronze players because that's all they play anyways. And you know, big hammer man just go boom boom and everybody falls over and dies and you can't kill him. I understand something like that. I actually sympathize. I'm like, okay, you want you got to balance the bronze players there. I understand. Do I like it? No, but I get it. But like something like Sojourn, where they actively told us they're already underperforming, then who cares? Then <laughs> like it's the, the part mm -hmm. that they don't even get to use. You know, so. I, I think giving Firestrike ten more damage to give high rank players the ability to two shot squishies wouldn't really hurt bronze play or like really. No, I wouldn't either. Much. I I've but that I, would, I made that, that, that at argument the character, yeah. at the character's skill ceiling that would give more people more options mm -hmm. to make it more competitive. So I think that's what again what it's we could go on about this for all, all day. But oh, it, I've already I already made that argument. I mean, like, but we already know that's coming. They already they already like told us oh, like they hey, say that. Like, yeah, they, they said they're making changes to Firestrike. There's and the one oh, before I said okay. Firestrike to hundred. Like he told me on the first stream, like back in December, that he was gonna they were gonna buff Firestrike to hundred because I said, can you make charge back to two fifty and Firestrike to hundred? And he said, how about Firestrike? And I was like, I'll take it. You know, I'll take something. I, like I thought that, that I like not that. being able to charge two fifty targets is dumb, which I still stand by, by the way. Yeah. Um, but either way though, well, they do, do you stand by that now that Hog's been nerfed? Well, I mean, it's it's about the one shot of the 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 twenty five extra damage doesn't really like. Here's the thing: Hog's one shot is you can literally snatch someone from a Narnia, pull them to you, and kill them. Ryan, you have to rev up, and then throw your body all the way across the map to them. Connect, which the hitbox is terrible already, so there's already if they don't, a 50 if they don't get cleansed, if they don't then become you intangible. hit them, then you grab them, then you hit them into a wall, and when you hit the wall, they don't get cleansed immortality field. Or anything like that like or you get stunned out of it or like you know like junker queen knife pulls you and you fall back a little bit and you run out of gas like there's so many things that happen to stop the one shot that it's like that is a very very different one shot than roadhog kidnapping you you know what i mean like so i think you knew that though you, you just you were just lobbing it up he just wanted that yeah, yeah. i was curious what you're gonna say yeah, yeah. i mean i think the the, the, much like the conversation we're having about corporations needing to always grow, I think like in this like in the game like live service game model, every game is dying, quote unquote, all the time, right? Like Apex dying, Valorant dying, you know, like everyone everyone's communities are always like, oh, your game is dying. Why aren't you doing something? And I guess like the pressure for the devs is always like, well, where do we listen? Because everyone is always accusing us of like mm -hmm. killing our game. So I guess that's where their thick skin comes from a little bit, Sam. Can I give – I want to give some game devs some credit first off because, again, with how explosive gaming has been since the live service era, you didn't really see a slowdown, believe it or not, actually, until last year. Last year was the – coming off of COVID was the first time that the reality set in that gaming, while the growth has been enormous, it's not going to be up forever. No business in the world is going to have an up year forever. It's impossible. Right, like it's not going to happen. But that expectation, I think, has unfairly been put on a lot of these publicly traded companies to, hey, get results. We need growth. We need growth. Where the reality is, game companies are not—they're not Apple, right? They're not making a new iPhone every year where you're going to need that, right? Like sometimes yeah, it's better to part of the way it is. And and the reality is, it's a form of entertainment, and you you never know. There's not a single industry and entertainment that will have up years every year and it would be really nice if a lot of the upper echelons of these companies 
would lower the bar a little bit for the sake of quality of the product and the longevity of the product and understand that, hey, putting the, like, for example, this, the, the kind of mentality that had that wow dev being forced to rank and like negative, that, that's stupid. That's dumb. Are you doing a good job? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, there's your answer, right? But it, it's too forced right now. And that's where I really do sympathize. Like the only game company that was up, I think, that on the reports was EA. I think there's only one, right? And it was barely. So the reality is people are going back outside again. Like you're, you've seen a slowdown in, in consumption of entertainment across the board. And I really hope that the, a lot of the executives of these companies lay off the gas a little bit and saying, hey, you know, we got to force it. We got to force it. Like, don't force it. Like nothing lasts forever. And it's just, it's very frustrating to see that. So I, SVB, I think you're on the money there. I just want to give them a bit of credit. It's, um, it's because EA is Apple because Apple released a new iPhone every year. Yeah. And EA released yeah. a new FIFA every year. And 2K, and, and yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Actually, you're right. You are completely right. Well, so like <laughs> to, to give to give like context, so Elden Ring, I think sold like 60 million copies or 50 million copies or something, and they made like Wait, 50 or 60 or 16. 50, sorry, I couldn't 50. Hear I think it was like 50. I could be Five wrong. Zero? Basically, what I remember <laughs> is that they made no, it might have been 15 actually. They the, what I remember though okay. is that they made like a billion dollars. Basically, they made a billion dollars releasing the greatest masterpiece or I haven't played it so I don't know but what people are saying you know oh, the master, <laughs> the masterpiece of a generation right people are like this is a great yeah. game certainly we know I think we can say quite like objectively it's one of the best games released of recent times yeah yeah and you know how much FIFA Ultimate Team on its own made that year over a billion like literally one year of FIFA Ultimate Team made more yeah, of than just the a mode in the game just a mode like uh, and th to be fair the most profitable mode of the game but like in, in that like one year that Elden Ring was released they made more with their you know random gacha Welcome like card, to capitalism. card trader game than yeah. this masterpiece that would have taken years to make or whatever so like when again when your companies are owned publicly and they're looking for like you know the most money the most profit they're not going to be like yeah spend three years generating like a really good game or three years is generous like maybe more if you really want to push the boat out or they'll be like figure out how to make the next ultimate team so we can farm a billion every year you know what i mean yeah yeah yep hey ncaa college football is coming back too add another one to the list let's go i'll be playing that I'm ready, but no, it's it's just that that is a good point. I did not think about that at all, and that's like really really smart. And not to mention a lot of these companies like Bethesda and Rockstar selling the same game for ten years, right? You know, or a lot twelve. Skyrim's been twelve. Bethesda, dude? Yeah, Bethesda sold Skyrim at least fifteen times. <laughs> dude, like that game's out on the Etch a Sketch. Like, let's be real. Like, there's not a platform that that's that these games. You can actually get on. one for your fridge if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, too funny. What a world. What a world. Okay, well, we've taken a lot of you guys' time, so let's go towards the last thought, which is that uh, last topic of discussion will be Season 3 impending on us. Soon, uh, soon TM, we will have Season 3, the first Overwatch 2 season without a hero release. So, is it worrying? that we're, Like, what do we think? I'm going to take to Flats first. Like, Flats, what do you, you think is going to happen when we don't have a hero release? Like, are people still going to play this game? I would be very worried. Um, I think they know too. Uh, it's going to be the first test for Overwatch. Truly, truly the first test. Um, without the hero, which they've said to us many times, there's no hype that's ever generated by anything close to what a hero release is. Um, I'm nervous. I'm worried because of a lot of things. Um, the little the little micro events have been cool. Like they did the Battlefield Olymp Olympus. I wasn't a fan of it, but like do more things like that. That's cool. That's fun. Um, 
the Lunar New Year event, I honestly think was a just a complete joke. Like that was just I've, that was just they turned the Lijiang Tower lights on or something. Like I, other, other than that, there was nothing in that. Um, I've been a little disappointed with what's around the game, though. Even outside the hero, like whatever happened to the experimental tournaments we were we had for a little bit. Like we, I felt like we were starting to get like these cool little things towards the end of Overwatch One. It was like supposed to be a preview into Overwatch Two, and we just kind of like lost those. Like. Yeah, we had those one or two tournaments or I'm sorry, we really won because I don't think anyone that I know got to play really in the first one other than like Guru. Um, but the second one, like it really wasn't that great. Like it was very awkward and weird and there was very big skill disparities between teams because like the messaging seemed a little bit different. So like there was just a lot of questions and I feel like there's not much to do outside of actually just queuing up and playing and even ranked isn't fun to queue up and play. So even like the, the fun game modes they've released, like capture the flag. I can't go up and play ranked capture the flag because I'm GM. Like I'm literally gate kept out. Like you don't like, like let's, let's be honest with ourselves. We are not wanted by, by, by overwatch. We're not wanted like in a perfect world, they would probably cut us off because we cause problems. Being good at the game causes problems for the rest of them because they could just balance around the greater, bigger community and like, you know, making sure everyone has that power trip fantasy at all times instead of what we do in pro players and higher people that are like slightly above us and, you know, and better. And what they do is take it to the extreme and really take advantage of it and then loop back and teach everyone else how how strong it is. And everyone learns like, oh, my God, like you can do this or do this tech or whatever it is. We would get cut off. Right. But going to season three, though, I don't really honestly know. Um, I would say that I've been a fan of the drops because I'm a streamer. Like, obviously, drops are nice and they've been a nice way to give you know new and old skins back to people that maybe they didn't get it which i, I have to say I'm, I'm gonna actually take a little bit of a stance here uh for a second but i've actually seen many other content creators in our space complaining about like the, the reused drops and i actually don't understand why they're complaining about the used drops other than to almost like pick me with old overwatch players because in the reality yes old overwatch players don't get the new the whatever skin is given away because they already own it. Like, let's 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 take that for a second. If you have two options, giving the old skin as a drop, so new players can get it, and, and as a content creator, you get more drops, like obviously, you know, increased viewership, etc., or nothing. You should take the drop a million times out of a million, because there's many, many new players that I don't think people think about that are here with Overwatch. Like, I feel like, especially like, the small Twitterverse and stuff like that. Like people still think we're still the small community of Overwatch one because the new players haven't joined in really. Like they're barely getting into YouTube content at this point. As And I can tell you that as someone who makes a lot of YouTube content, there's a lot of casuals out there that have not even transferred over to even Twitter or Twitch or, or anything more like ingrained in the community, right? Like that overarching group is massive. It's massive. So when I hear people say like, Oh, like, you know, I, the old players should get something too. You did. You have it already. You already own it. it well, let's be honest with ourselves. It's entitlement because you're like, someone else is getting a shiny new toy. I deserve one too. No, bitch. That's not how it works. They never got the shiny toy. So now they're getting it to catch up to the level you're at. So I understand wanting new drops. I totally am for it. But if those are the two choices, you should have old drops plus the new drops not just new drops and then say fuck everyone else that didn't get to play overwatch one my exclusivity my gatekeeping whatever it is but 
that's the only thing I see right now for season three. For me personally, I, there's nothing really else. Like, I'm not really excited for a new map. Like, yeah, new maps are cool, but like, it's not going to get people talking. It doesn't get people coming back to the game. Yeah, it might be something fun. It might be something new. But to be honest with you, I'm already stuck in map pools anyways, playing the same six maps already. It's already kind of like, you know, like it's already not a good time. I don't know. Like, I'm personally worried um, to see what, how big of a drop it is across the board. Um, but long term, I don't know. I, I feel like this is just like going to be a, a preview of what it's going to look like every other season because that's what the system is. is every other season we get a new hero. If that's how it's going to be, this is our first taste of it. I hope there's more stuff to do and I hope there's more content um, that's planned that we don't know of. Uh, mm -hmm. because if not, it's going to be a long winter. <laughs> winter is coming. I'd, <laughs> I'd like to think that long-term, this is where the PVE will slot in to kind of fill the gap, but certainly, you know, for the short-term, this might be a problem. Avril, what, what do you feel about the sort of, you know, the potential when this game is not going to have a new hero? I mean, it's just scary, man. Without PVE, I, I don't know if there's going to be enough to tide people over because you 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 need the new heroes coming out to get people back into the season like they're gonna have to be mega aggressive i think with the uh changes balance changes that is because i i'm gonna find it hard to find uh, see other ways where they're gonna be able to entice people to come back because like if, if there's not a new hero okay there's a new map but like flight said it's not that exciting um if there's not some exciting balance changes to at least draw people in as a novelty or not even as a novelty but make the game more fun then i don't know what i don't know what is going to be the thing that will entice people to play the next season right it, it's yeah it does worry me a lot sam it's gonna be the ultimate test really um you have to be aggressive with balance you have to there there's like this is where it's like all right the content team has done a great job, in my opinion, uh, on, on the alternative mode. I didn't really play Olympus too much, but yeah, I, I loved seeing the posts about it. I thought it was a really cool theme. I thought it was creative, and I'm glad to see them doing it more. I think that's cool stuff, right? We, we like that. But without a new hero, which is the big draw of Overwatch, now you're relying on your ability to maintain the game, which has been, I think, we could all collectively agree, the weak point of Overwatch throughout its life. Like, if you had to pick one weakness, I think that would be something that we would say. I mean, I, I don't really count the content drought because I consider that more company internal workings than anything else. Um, but, look, you got to get aggressive. You can't be 10 steps behind. You have to lead. And that's that was the big bummer for me. That was the main, one of the main reasons why I was so irritated with this previous like little patch. It was like, okay, well, if the entry big patch to the season, I think generally we would all consider... A failure right based on how the first part of season two went with like hog and sojourn and all that i would say they definitely could have been better we definitely made some mistakes the follow-up patch needs to be more aggressive to make up for that and this one just didn't really seem to have that especially when you don't have a new hero coming out you got proved your worth right your back's against the wall prove your worth and i'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen because at this point i'm slowly like crossing over to where you guys are at where it's just like ah oh, whatever Hats off, whatever. We'll, we'll quick play. We'll do. We'll we'll live it up. So, but you know, it, when your back's against the wall, can you prove yourself? And I think this is a great opportunity. I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? Like, you know, it's really how you look at life. Like, you know, you have a really good opportunity right here to send a message. Like, we're here to stay. We're gonna get aggressive. We're with you. Let's roll. 
like all like firing in all cylinders and maybe that's just kind of my only gear being go i love situations like that like i feel like i'm at my best with my backs against the wall um and so i hope that they can come out with fire in the belly and let everybody know like yeah let's do this like we're gonna go and if they do that it could send a really strong message to the gaming community which i would i would love to see happen um do i think it's gonna happen uh, based on I sound like a Cowboys fan. I'm telling you guys. But, yeah, really. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. But no. Can I ask I mean, a question. Yeah. Both of you, actually. Do you genuinely think a balance patch is gonna keep people no. playing season three? No. I I, I, like, I'm gonna be real with you. They could come up with the, the most minimum. aggressive. Huh? It's, it's the minimum. They gotta do something. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But like. Even if they came out with an amazing balance patch, I think we're still in for a really, really I think tough season if three. Re- I mean, it's not it's not going to be as good as the new heroes coming out, sure. But yeah, I, I think if they completely change how Sombra functions, if they completely change, if they try to attack Ball, if they try to attack even Hog, like you know, I, I think there are things that are outside of the development resource time that would ju- that, that would be like a full rework that wouldn't take too much time of like adding new abilities or getting grabbed like whatever it may be like you can do things that are extreme that can spice up the game 100 and if you do it like you said flats at a more high frequency because i think i agree with you i think on the other side of activision that's what warzone did is they'd have their entry patch small adjustments next week mid-season patch small adjustments it needs to be, it depends, if a season's like four or five months, I, you shouldn't go more two or three weeks without a patch in Overwatch. You shouldn't. And especially if they can make those aggressive and in that time frame, come up with some good ideas, it can work. I, I, I like, it, I, like, it's there. Look, it's always been there. It's like the opportunity's there. Can they capitalize? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but if they don't, it, it, it's going to be probably waiting till season four, <laughs> to be I, honest with you. I would be really, really curious. I will never get this knowledge to know exactly what the spike was for the new hero releases in Overwatch 2 versus how many people played like the new Olympus mode and the Junkin Qu- the Halloween Junkin Queen thing because we take it for granted like let's be honest none of us probably I don't know how Avril played or not but none of us played the battle for Olympus but there was a large I number of people not. in the more casual community and the more like people who really get involved with like the lore who were really into it like really loving it and I'm starting to wonder like it's just it's just a thought in my mind I, I know the devs have said that like the heroes are the biggest source of hype but I wonder in Overwatch 2 when A, firstly, I think a lot of people don't care if the hero isn't in their role, right? So obviously, like, when Ramacha releases, I think all the tank players care. But, like, do the support players care? Do the DPS players care? Probably a little bit. They're probably like, yeah, I want to try it a little bit. But I don't think, the like, there's an extended period of, like, interest increase in hype. Plus, now with them being on the battle pass, that automatically kind of gatekeeps that early period where, you know, ordinarily, let's say they were released, you might go straight in and be like, I want to try them. And then you log off. I'd really be curious as to like whether that's helped with the retention, whether people play longer to earn the new hero and therefore stay engaged, or whether actually compared to like let's say the hype of a release in Overwatch 1, it's actually comparatively less. And game modes are the thing that might create more hype because people that's like accessible to everyone, right? Like everyone can come in and play Battle for Olympus. And if there's like a new thing, because I know like back in Junkenstein, like original Junkenstein, that would really cause a spike because people were like, I really like this PvE mode and people would come back for it. I'm very curious if that's kind of happening again with like these these sort of smaller events, because I wonder if that'll happen in season three, if they have something planned. Because I think Aaron talked about, he had like this uh, interview, I can't remember which magazine it was now, where he said like, you know, we're working on like new modes and potentially old modes will come back too. I wonder, I don't know if he's thinking about bringing back 2CP or not. I don't know, but um, I, yeah, I'm. Just, it's kind of speculation because I, I don't have any answers, 
but part of me wonders if yeah go ahead go ahead flats i think it depends like i think like battle for olympus no but the halloween event like my own speaking experience like there was over a hundred thousand people watching me seagull emong and karki play it like us four alone um like that event was amazing it was new it was fresh it was awesome those i think probably could but i'm not sure about battle for olympus yeah, hard hard to really say when we don't have the numbers. I, I doubt it was the same level of popularity because obviously I, I think the PV, we people love the lore of Overwatch. They love the characters. So getting to see them like live out this story, I think 100% I can see why people would. So I'm curious. I, I, it depends what they will have something. I doubt they're going to let the season go and have like nothing. It's not going to just be like, here you go, guys. Because again, I agree with Flats. I don't think a balance patch is, is going to be the hype that they're like, guys, we've got a enough. new balance pass with us. Like, like, is that going to bring people? No, that's not going to bring people. So, yeah, they're going to have something. It just depends on how substantial and meaty that something is, I suppose. And I actually think it might not be so bad if that mode is good. If it's, like, worthwhile. But, again, all speculation. Any other thoughts on that? And then we'll just head to rapid-fire questions, unless you guys have anything else to add on Season 3. I have one thing that's not Season 3 related. Oh, yeah, go ahead. If we're making a wish list of things that we want... And like things that we can kind of ask for and go to the future. Uh, I actually think that unironically, uh, creator codes would be nice for people. I think that it would bring a lot of people attention to uh, the side that maybe we don't already do. Like we're talking about for skins and talking about long-term longevity for a lot of creators. Especially the small to mid-level creators who are like right around that that balance of like, they can only play Overwatch and that's it um, all day long. Creator codes would probably help them out a ton and it would make people more interested in your game and a lot more like kind of how Fortnite did. And Fortnite, I think a lot of people underestimate how powerful creator codes in making uh, those creators talk about a lot of those things that maybe people people care about, but the, the competitive players don't care about. And because most of the streamers and content creators are competitive people, they don't care about the casual stuff as much um that would give people a reason to, to talk about it a little bit more and it sounds kind of shitty but it's legitimately the truth um for both sides and uh i think that they, that's something they should honestly look into quite a bit for long-term longevity of not only the game but creators as well fair uh, Avril, yeah. sam any any thoughts and on creator codes i mean there's no downside obviously be a good thing but I think the it's it's one of those classic things like yeah but we got other things we're working on right now we got other, other priorities I think so Let's just I think so back. as well Man, That's always going to happen though no matter what Flats I've been saying that to them since since 2020 it was a meme I just give up on asking it it's whatever <laughs> I mean hey you know what that's fine they they can give up on asking it but like we all know we know what the right call is and it's like if you want to not take the advice that's fine but it's like I don't think it's one of us is right in their hands. I, I, my, my problem with it is probably I, I, I wouldn't even think that's in Aaron's hands. I don't, I think that's upper end active, upper end Activision. Good luck. True. But Warzone has they them, get it. Flats, flats. They can't even keep servers up in China. Do you think they're going to get you a creator code? No, Come of course on, not. Man. But if we're talking, if Come we're talking on. about all the things they should do, that's neat. That should be something that gets brought up. And I think people yeah. are afraid to bring it up because it's the idea of like selling out. That's like legitimately the truth. Like, uh, no people people don't want to bring it up and talk about it because like, oh, because you only want it because of money. But it's like, yeah, obviously I'm gonna get paid for it. But I get paid for making my content no matter what. What I'm talking about is like long term growth and talking about 
their it's more ecosystem efficient. that they have. Yes. Like there's a lot of things that are in there that people maybe are afraid to talk about. So that's probably why. They, but again, though, they've been reacting the entire time. Most of the patches, most of the thing we see is reaction. If you don't talk about it, you don't bring it up. It's never going to happen. So, yeah, real true, real and true. And, uh, there's also the, the creator paradox, which is like, if you're negative, shut the fuck up. Why do you still play this game? And if you're positive, shell. So like, you know, yeah, at least if you're a shell, you get paid now. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for real. For yeah. real. Like, you just can't. It's, there's no winning on that front anyway. So it may as well get your money. Um... Okay, quick fire questions then. So in the again, for those who are like, I know a lot of you guys drop questions in the chat, but you know we have a separate channel for it in in my Discord server just to sort it out quicker. So we have quick fire. We're gonna run through these. Why can't we have a mode selection like Call of Duty? So pick things like five v five, six v six, push, assault, uh, for quick play and competitive. Would that not be better? Any anyone with any response? Well, first of all, the five. Maybe you could pick it for like assault and stuff, but I don't think they'd want to. That wouldn't mess the queues up right because then you know you, you, your queues would take longer because it would depend on how many other people queuing for that but the whole 55656 thing is like why can't they just add 636 in uh i don't know how easy or hard it was to do stuff through the workshop or like how accurate it was but i mean first of all i think it's just a lot of work that they don't want to do because it's not a priority because it just wouldn't be that important but also, like, I don't know. I think it would be complicated. It would not be, like, super complicated to add that kind of stuff back into the game after taking it out. That's just my take on it. It's not feasible right now. It's, like, no. maybe, okay, maybe selecting your queue and quick play. Maybe, like, if you want to play push, you queue up for push or something. Sure, I could get that, maybe. But with where queues are already at, maybe that's just because my MMR is high. Um... I think there's more. I think there are more important things to knock out first, and then that's that. That's something you can talk about, like maybe a year or two down the line for Overwatch, but not, not probably not right now. Not a bad idea necessarily. Yeah, I definitely think that the queues would be an issue, and like I know Frito is a big f proponent of map pools, like map selection. Sorry, not map pools, but like you know picking your map. But I think it's more. Again, this again comes down to like yeah, but well, some people just wouldn't play certain maps. So we want to make sure everyone's playing all the maps that we made and no one's left in queue limbo because they like they're, they're Deku and they like Havana and no one else wants to queue Havana. So Deku's the one person queuing Havana all day and never gets to play it. Is Havana going to be back next season? Please Shrug. take Circuit out if you're going to put Havana in. I, I, I'm perma-dodging Circuit Royale now, by the way. That's my new pact. Every time I get Circuit, I'm just leaving the game. I'd rather not play. Um, <laughs> I like it. No, I like it. Beautiful map. It's just, you know, we didn't learn anything from Havana. I'm not doing it again. I'm not putting myself through that. So That's fair. And I can't. That's fair. Flats, you good? Yeah, I'd take a phone call really fast. We're good. No worries. No worries. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um... Okay, I, th I think there's, there's a couple of questions about like asking us to elaborate on cosmetics, but again, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I there's a couple of speculation based questions, but I don't we don't know, guys. So we could, if we started speculating, we'd go for half an hour, but like we don't I don't none of us really know what's coming, so we'll react when it comes. And on that note, then final one or two sentence summary, guys. Uh, what do you want most season three? What do you want most? I'm gonna go Sam first. Sam bottom right. We'll go clockwise. I want an aggressive balance patch that's effective. That, like, as long as fair play is there, I could grind the game all day. I, I, I'm too much of a competitor. I can't I can't put it down. I, I love that feeling again. Like, season one, it was like that, where I was playing a ton of each role, wanted to get rank one, did, was grateful for it. But I just, I want to be able to wake up and stream this game every day 
and I literally just don't stream right now, and I just focus on videos, which I've done actually a pretty bad job of this year, um, because it's just not a streamable game in competitive. It's really not. I don't know how Jay and Emong do it. I just, I don't. So I, I would love to see improvements and stack please bring back stacking guys like don't give me this don't give me this nonsense of oh well we care about the win rates and the stats of these groups you, you don't care there's diamonds in our game okay it's 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 past that point we're going the more open route open it back up and you'll see competitive start to thrive because the streamer stacks are going to play together and you'd be surprised i think you might see a lot of groups running into each other a lot more it might have a positive effect but we'll see i just like to see that change fair avril Sam stole my answer. I, I also just want to see really aggressive patching. I think they're just being way too hesitant. I think they're trying to play it way too safe. And, and with that, it's just not really serving anybody. It's, I don't think anybody wins when, when they do these like really soft patches. Um, and I, don't, I feel like they're at least on the right path with certain stuff. Like they do want to address things. It's just the severity of how they're dressing them. It could be a little bit more. And then I'd be, uh, been happier. I'd like to actually, you know what? You want something really on the wish list? Yeah, please actually just get rid of the alt retention uh, on, on hero swaps. I just wanted to totally delete that, honestly. I'm glad we have no, another brother and a comrade in, in the cause. Let's go. I'll just delete. keep preaching to the choir, you know. Delete that shit. Uh, Flats, how about you? God. Wanting implies like a sense you might have it, I feel like. Um... <laughs> So I'm kind of like, oh man, do I really want I to want you. for anything? Because I, I feel like I'm going to get let down a lot. Uh, what do I want? Something realistic. I want them to keep communicating. Uh, they've started to pick it up a little bit um, very recently with the explaining their thoughts behind the balance patches and the things they're working on behind the scene. And then obviously today we have this this Aaron uh, dev blog and stuff. Like, I think they need to keep ramping that up a little bit more. Um and keep expanding it because I think one of the important things, and I talked about this on my um, the end of my stream after Alec had hopped off, was whether or not you disagree with this patch, like you should still be like supporting these types of things happening, like them talking about it and coming out and being like, hey, like you know, this is how what we think about Genji, or this is what we think about Ryan, or this is what how we're thinking right now about this character, because that's really important um to know kind of what they're talking about what they're thinking about um because you can kind of interact and give some feedback then and be like hey like you know are you guys even like thinking about sombra like there's probably a lot of people out there you know all eight sombra players are thinking hey you know like are you thinking about sombra at all like i feel like we've been left behind and then they come and can come out and say hey yes we are actually and we're looking into changes here here and here and that's stuff we didn't have in the past you know and so those eight somber players all get a little bit of an answer, which is nice. And I think those are things that are very, very important. And those are tangible things that we can actually hope for and kind of ask for and improve upon. Um, that we can kind of like hold ourselves kind of accountable for because like we can kind of like want to have more of it and like interacting with it and having a positive, good feedback to it. Um, whether we agree or disagree with the changes, which I think is important, um, but also doesn't but the hopes too high. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Cause actually it's a good point you brought up. Cause actually, um, Jared actually interacted with one of my, I, I made a little angry Twitter post, which is like, I can't believe the devs haven't done anything about a 30% ult charge thing. And Jared, who's again, the executive producer of watch came in and was like, we're actually looking at it. Like our, our, our silence is not like ignorance to it. We've actually been talking about it. I see now that they're, 
their action was 30 to 25%, which I'm not a big fan of, but hey, at least they acknowledge that they, you know, saw it, they saw it as a problem, and they're they're working on it. And I, uh, the reason I bring it up is because some people were, like, flaming him in on Twitter and, like, then, like, tagging that's him just with Twitter. other questions about, like, Jared, why do skins cost so much? It's like, dog, that's not, it's just, it's just not what he's doing. Or when, I'm sure Alec got a lot of questions, <laughs> Flats, where it's like, why why don't they do this, Alec? And it's like, dude, it's just not his department. Like, the, the, people have specific jobs. They, they literally aren't involved in every aspect of Overwatch ever. So, like, you know, Alec has no bearing on the shop prices, I'm sure. So, you know, I think people have to learn to respect that devs are humans. And we can criticize the devs as a collective and be like, oh, Blizzard are doing a bad job. But, like, I think, yeah, let, let's be appreciative for the fact that the individual devs have done a lot to try and, try and communicate with us and... And trying to, you know, bridge that gap between dev and community, which I think is important, whether or not we disagree with exactly what they've done. Um, so I think that's a that's a good thing to bear in mind. In terms of my concluding wish list, yeah, again, I think it's like I've I've I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I want a really good battle balance patch, because like then that implies that I gotta sit there with my hopes up and then I'll get them shot down again. So like I'm much more laissez faire. I'm like, you know what? As long as they give something fun for the community, like with the season three launch, I'm okay with that. Like something that gets a little buzz. That's that's all I'm looking for. Like a new mode or whatever that they've got planned. That's like, hey, everyone's got talking about this thing now. So something that gets the community excited because we know like bigger things are coming soon enough. We know the PV is coming this year. So that's where like I think all major eyes are on. So until then, tide us over with something nice and, and I'll be I'll be happy. So on that note. Thank you very much, gang. It's been another fantastic time. We had some good takes today. I think we had some good rants today. So uh, it was a good time. I haven't gotten red in a while. I turned to Tomato Town for a little bit there. I, I don't know. I've done, I, I'm like, you know, it's like day since incident for like for the Hulk. That's like me just with <laughs> going blood red. <laughs> we'll have to get a second Samito uh, emote on my channel because we have the one where you like, you know. Ah, uh, dude, I, I still, that still, that still haunts me. I was like, I, I haven't had an epiphany like that in years, dude. I was just like, I, I just, the gears, I don't know. Now just, we'll have yeah, the Samito red emote. Samito just like, oh, super red. Blizzard. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll have a whole, have a whole plethora <laughs> of Samito emotes. But thank you as uh, well to, to Avril and Flats for joining me as always, guys. It has been fantastic talking you. to you. I hope that uh, the next time we speak, it'll be for optimistic conversations about all the awesome things we're watching doing but if not then we'll free to feel free to lose our minds collectively as a unit baby all right see you fellas later all right peace out see you in a bit guys